Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Workrate Podcast. This is our AEW review. I am Mike Fenn. I am every single time with Brad Hardcastle. Hello, everyone. How are you doing, Mike? I am doing well. I ate brisket. I'm drinking whiskey. I'm having a good time. Um, if you hear the little clink of the glass against my mic, that's what that is. <laughs> um, I'm going to try and avoid that, but... Uh, it is what it is because I'm in the mood. Yes. Um, yes. It's much to celebrate this week. Yeah, this week was really, this week was cool. The, there was, there's a ton to get through this week. So I'm going to try and quickly go through the news. Ideally, we wouldn't go through the news this week because it's a jam-packed show. However, there's actually this week, there was a lot of news, so I can't just avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't talk about Dark at all this week. I didn't even watch it. There was just too much happening this week. Yeah. Okay. So to start with the news, um, just the forbidden door is wide open right now. It, yeah. It's, it's going. It's taking off the hinges. It's going wild. Um, Impact is now officially working with um, with New Japan, which is insane after all the shit that they did to Okada in the past. Yeah. And I, the... The massive Never thought I'd see the day when they'd work together again. <laughs> yeah, the NJPW had a massive grudge against them long mm-hmm. before Harold Mage, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Yep. So I'm surprised that once he left, they were able to work on this. But apparently, they've been working on it since um, like mid 2020. They've been going back yeah. and forth. Apparently, it was uh, it was Don Callis and who's the other guy who runs. Their promotion. Uh, Scott Demore. Scott Demore. Apparently they went to Japan to meet with New Japan, mm-hmm. apologized for how they treated Okada in the past. And New Japan has like has worked with Don Callis before. He was part of New Japan. So yeah. that was I think the uh impact having the good brothers, because I know New Japan wants to mm-hmm. work with them too, so I think that helped a lot. Kind of like Mox with AEW and New Japan. Yeah, they you had to give them a reason to bury the hatchet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, their relationship was so bad when uh, Impact bought Access TV. New Japan said, nope, we're leaving this network. We don't want to be on this network anymore. So <laughs> that's how bad it was for a while. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then we have we had news that um, this week Dave Meltzer said that Okada is coming. He didn't say where Okada is coming. You have to think he's not going to Impact, at least not first. Um, you'd yeah. think he's going to to be appearing on AW to reignite the Kenny Omega rivalry, which would be amazing. Yeah. You'd also have to think that it's probably not until they at least are able to get more and more fans in that place. Yeah, because it'd probably be hard for him to leave Japan, too. So yeah, probably like, until summertime. Meltzer said soon, but he couldn't say when, and he couldn't say where. But then you think that if he goes to AEW, he would also do a little swing by to Impact and be like, remember me? <laughs> yeah, he should uh, come out in his old, uh, I don't even remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> or he's the Fuck Kato it. ripoff. The, that is so such a racist gimmick. Yeah. yeah he was, <laughs> I think he was Samoa Joe's butler. And it was just so bad. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That, that is the epitome of racist wrestling gimmicks mm-hmm. right there. Yep. And that's soon. 
because he was there one week and then he just wasn't there. As soon as New Japan caught wind of it, they they pulled him and took him back. <laughs> like, nope, thank yeah. you. And now he's their star. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that we also had private party. They obviously they challenged for the belts in the in the triple threat uh, tag team match on their sort of mini pay per view that they had, and they lost. They got. They got outmaneuvered by the Good Brothers, mm-hmm. and and Matt Hardy uh, ripped them to shreds on on their telecast. And they actually did a good little BTE video where they apologized to Matt Hardy, and it has like video of them trying to call him. He's not picking up. They're like mm-hmm. leaving messages saying they're sorry, saying that they'll do better. Like it's good stuff. But also on, the, the on end- Twitter they um, posted the. For that scene from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air when his Will Smith's dad leaves and he's like, "Why doesn't he want me, man?" Oh, oh man! <laughs> they also posted uh, like some lines from what's that? It's Stan. What's was that the name of the song? The Eminem song? song? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's well, Stan is such a internet thing now that I don't <laughs> like. I That's forgot. where it comes from. Yeah, the term I, Stan comes from that song. I I knew that. I was I was that generation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's so ingrained in internet culture now. It, it kind of, it's kind of lost that meaning. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyways, they, uh, they said they sort of put out a challenge on Twitter towards Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal of mm-hmm. Ring of Honor. So it's just like, that may be another door that's kicked down. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ring of Honor and New Japan have had a working relationship for forever, for at least seven or eight years now. So maybe it's like, hey, we got to work with them too. Still, yeah, they've been good to us. So all you guys got to work with them now too. One thousand percent. And the Ring of Honor was very instrumental in All In happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first yeah. show before AW existed. Essentially, Ring of Honor kind of foot the bill and all the production was them mm-hmm. and a lot yeah. of a lot of their talent was there they had their announcers there the like it was it was very much a ring of honor show well yeah and then yeah because that's that's surprising too if they work with AEW because they mm-hmm. had some bad blood too because you know a lot of like young bucks and all them were working for ring of honor and then they left because even after all in they started booking bigger arenas and stuff off the success of that and then all those guys left and they yeah, the same sense. It was but. tough for them, but yeah, it's a uh, that, and you know, this could just be private party, like putting shit out there. It could, like sometimes people just hint at shit because they want it, and then eventually it happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tend to think that a lot of this stuff is that, like yeah. he, even some of the stuff that Kenny does. But uh, I mean, you just keep putting it out there, and it eventually manifests. Well, itself. like <laughs> now they're working with New Japan. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and uh, they. St- I wonder if they still have a working relationship with Noah. Because they did for a while. Like Eddie Kingston. Not Eddie Kingston. Um, what's that dude's name? I can't remember. Anyways, he, he was the Noah champ for a while. It works for at Impact now. So oh. I don't know if they still. Go. I can't remember his last name. But Go? Uh, yeah, he was in Impact for a long time. But it's, Oh, I thought uh, he was the know. champ. That just lost. Right. Wasn't he the guy He's... who just. Oh, that's DDT. Or who just lost to uh, the Great Muda? Or I think it was him. Hold on, I'm looking. Yeah, 
he lost he lost the belt the uh the Noah championship I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it was Go Shizaki Go Shizaki Yes is it yeah. Go Shizaki Okay yeah mm-hmm. he just lost to Eddie Edwards is the wrestler I was thinking of that Oh was the okay Noah yes. champ for a while that Yes yes he yes. wrestled with it on Impact a lot Cuz uh Muta even said the other day he's like I'll I'll go to Impact with it so I mean we could just be having every company working together that's not WWE I I saw something on Twitter from somebody in the know. I can't remember who it was. I apologize. Um, it just came to mind that somebody had said that um, AEW and AAA were very, very much in bed with each other to mm-hmm. really start exchanging talent. And uh, AEW was going was just about to start getting an influx of luchadors from, mm-hmm. uh, from AAA. They even had a guy signed for a temporary contract, but the pandemic hit and he never got to appear. And his contract ran out. Yeah. It was, I can't remember who it was. It's not somebody I'd seen, but it was a young guy that they were really hyped on. Mm -hmm. Well, Kenny's still their champ, so. Yeah, no, but uh, they were saying that uh, as this starts to let up a little bit, you're going to start seeing a lot of AAA talent appearing Mm -hmm. in AEW again. They work a lot with Impact, too, but New Japan has a deal with CMLL. I doubt we'll ever see... CMML wrestlers and AAA wrestlers on because that is some bad blood between those two companies. But yeah, I don't really, <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about the Lucha companies. To be honest, mm-hmm. I know I don't them, either. I just know those two companies do not like each other. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know them when they um, when those guys come over to the states, and I know mm-hmm. quite a few Lucha guys from PWG. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think. This guy might have actually been in the pre in wrestled for PWG, the guy that they had signed for a little bit. He's really young. He's like a future star. Oh, okay. That they were high on. And okay, so the last big piece of news was this whole Sammy thing that blew up. The Sammy mm-hmm. Guevara thing where he was supposed to go to like when he quit the inner circle, he was supposed to go to Impact and be part of their tapings. And who knows what the story is? There's a lot of conflicting reports. But at some point, somebody didn't like the creative, mentioned that, and it got pulled. Mm-hmm. And he ended up uh, just flying back to, I guess, Jacksonville. Um, and he didn't take part. And I guess Impact pivoted and used Black Taurus instead. Again, another AAA guy. AAA. And Black Taurus is amazing. So the more we can see him, the better. I think we, I think we, I'm, I'll put my neck on the line and say we're a hundred percent seeing Black Taurus in AW at some point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's, he's been in PWG, so he has that connection Mm -hmm. um, with the news that we're going to be seeing a lot more AAA guys. Like Black Taurus wrestles everywhere in in the yeah. States. He's wrestled for MLW. He's wrestled for now for Impact. He's going to end up in AEW for sure. He's mm-hmm. their most marketable guy. Yeah. Yeah, Black Torsen. It's a Viking guy. that was. They were both getting really popular before the pandemic started. Mm, I've seen him. He has like the Mohawk or whatever mm-hmm. and like the Spikes. Yeah. Yeah, he's, they were he, both in PWG a lot right before the pandemic started and stuff. Yeah, I just saw, I saw a crazy dive that he did in Impact just the other day mm-hmm. on, on Twitter. Yeah, very cool stuff. Okay, so we should jump right. We should move on and jump right into the women's uh, eliminator tournament. The first round of the first round. 
of the Japanese, the first round of the Japanese leg happened this week. It was, it was so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Japanese Joshis, they are so clean and so polished. Yeah. And honestly, they see, I don't want to like put down the AW talent, but they seem like heads and heads and shoulders above most of the AW oh, yeah. talent other than maybe one or two. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, if you re- remember before the pandemic, they were relying, relying heavily on the Joshis. So mm-hmm. I think this past year when everyone's complaining about the women's division, I think the pandemic really hurt what they were trying to build up in their women's division. 1000%. And when we get to dynamite later on, we'll see with Riho and how popular she still is. And before she left, how popular she was that really hurt them in their women's division. Yeah. It sucks. Cause they, they were just starting to ramp up Yuka Sakazaki again. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that she's full time with Tokyo Joshi Pro, mm-hmm. um, and part time with AEW. So she was just starting to come in and do her part time stuff, like do do her small run before heading back there. And the pandemic hit, so it just completely took out yeah. whatever plans they had for her. Mm-hmm. And you know, like the women's division is so in AW has been so thin that that was a huge blow. Yeah. And you know that they wanted to have Riho coming back soon as well. She now is back. Um, but yeah, just the, the Japanese women, there's no wasted motion in anything they do. No. And even when it's like a comedy spot or anything, it's just, it's all makes sense within the match. It's not wasted. Mm hmm. Everything makes sense. The, the the connective tissue between the moves. I'll talk about that a lot. There's one mm-hmm. someone speci- two people specifically that I love what they do between the moves. Just their movements and their mannerisms. I find like like everything has a purpose, which mm-hmm. I think is a actually is one thing that the AEW women need to work on a lot. Specifically, someone like Penelope Ford or. Even someone who I'm high as anybody on, Layla Hirsch, like they've got the moves, but in between mm-hmm. the moves, they almost seem like they're waiting. Yeah. So that they can do their next move. And this is the same type of thing that I say about private party. They do the move and then they wait. And the move is really good, but the movements in between just, it seems like they're thinking. Like you can yeah. watch them thinking that, in just, their heads. Yeah, really the only way you can fix that is just more experience in the ring. And just to me, so I, get your I, timing I think, down better and stuff. I think that's the that's the dojo system that mm-hmm. uh Japan has. Oh for sure. They put them they put them through the dojo system for years before they ever let them on a show. Oh yeah. Speaking of dojos, did you see um what happened to that new young lion on New Japan last week? No, didn't he he got hurt. He dislocated he? his elbow, man. It was gross. I felt Who so was bad that? his first uh I don't remember his name, but it was his first match as a young lion and he was doing like chain wrestling and his arm got caught and he dislocated his elbow. Oh shit. So the guy so a Japanese guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see it. It was on New Japan Strong or No, it was uh like Road to Castle. Oh, okay, okay. Like I, I haven't watched any of those mm-hmm. shows. Okay, Sorry, so this derailist. that just popped into my head. <laughs> oh no, no, no! It's fine. Like we're we're here to talk, so we talk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I I can't wait for um, 
a good chunk of like almost everybody in this tournament to come over. I know it's impossible that we'll get everybody. I don't expect that we'll see Aja Kong coming over. Um, I believe uh, Rin, I can't remember her last name, but she is, she's a tag team champ. So she's not coming over. Mm-hmm. And I think Yuka Sakazaki probably, it sounds like she has some of the most commitments because she's yeah. full time and she has to wrestle in their tournament. So I don't know, like they all, AW clearly has like huge plans for her, but I don't see how that works. Whereas a lot of these other women are either, um, freelancers which would give them you would think would give them more room but uh, maki ito is also an idol still i think mm-hmm. i'm not sure i'm not positive on that i don't know too much about the idol system and may saruga is signed to gato move but emi sakura runs gato move and is very much attached to aw like she's yeah she wants to bring may saruga with her Okay, but uh, I think they'll probably leave Mesaruga in Japan for a while to fine tune a little mm-hmm. bit because she's so young yeah. still. But anyways, let's jump into these matches. Um, the first match was the aforementioned Yuka Sakazaki and Mesaruga, and this was probably I'll say people kind of said this was the weakest match. I thought Mesaruga looked really good. Um, I thought amazing stuff from Yuka Sakazaki as usual. Yeah, I, she's so good, man. As I said, kind of ridiculous. As I said, her the move her movements between her moves are so unique. Like her, her mm-hmm. all her body movements, like she's she's always doing something. She's never still. Like she's always like twirling or like posing. Mm-hmm. Like she's always like she's never waiting around. She's always like uh something's always serving her next move. Yeah. And her style's all her own. I've never seen anybody move around like that. And she, she she was so over with the AEW crowd when she was there. So I really think the sky's the limit for her if they can get her around, get her over. And May Saruga, on the other hand, future star. Um, she's only been wrestling for a couple years. And that is shocking to me because she's already super polished. And yeah. y- you can see Emi Sakura's influence on her. If anybody's watched May Saruga's matches in the Gato Move little bedroom that they wrestle in <laughs> on the mm-hmm. on those mats. If you've never watched it before, you gotta watch it. It's nothing else like it. <laughs> like I was just like, oh okay, this is kinda cute. This is kind of a joke. But no, they're doing like moves where they like jump, plant off the wall, do like a spin kick to the head. I'm just like, mm-hmm. holy shit. It's like I'm watching a kung fu movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's insane. But yeah, like she already looks so good for for just two years in, mm-hmm. and I legitimately thought she had a, a chance to beat Yuka Sakazaki in this because there it seems like they're she's getting a big push because she they know that she's the next big star, she's mm-hmm. the next big thing, and she's not committed to anything so far. Like she is. She's really Emmy Sakura's trainee, and Emmy yeah. Sakura is AW pretty much. She runs Gato Move, but she's coming. Yeah, I think her and Emmy uh, Sakura don't they do like Japanese commentary for AW or something? They probably stream like live reactions to AW. They do something like that. They probably they probably do. They would be there if it wasn't for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they were very much involved in it. She she was in the first, or Emmy Sakura was in the uh, first um, full gear on pay per view. Mm-hmm. Like she she had a lot of matches. Anyways, yeah. back to this match. Um, yeah, I thought this was really good. You can see a lot of Riho in in May Saruka because she's essentially a younger Riho. Yeah. If not just a little bit thicker, she's got a little bit meat on her bones. Not to yeah. say that she's big, she's still small, but she's not Riho small. Yeah. Um, we'll find out how small Riho is when we get to it. <laughs> yeah. that match. She like she has the same impressive bridges, the same impressive pinning combinations. She did a she did this one bridge submission where she had the legs, I guess you call them grapevine, and uh, mm-hmm. where Yuka was on her stomach, and she and Yuka's face was facing the camera, and she bridged back without using her arms. Her arms were crossed in yeah. front, and she bridged back slowly so that her face was slowly coming down yeah. from behind, and it was chilling. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> It was haunting. I was terrified. And yeah. she had the big grin on her face. I was like, I was like, okay, I understand she's supposed to be cute, but this mm-hmm. is some fucking Bray Wyatt shit. Yeah, it looked like an anime monster. <laughs> yeah, it's it like, this is ghoulish, and I love it. Yeah. Um, she also hit a really nice f- flying body scissors for a rolling pin attempt that I loved, and I thought she was going to win there. She didn't. Again, super polish. Her polish cannot be overemphasized which again Mm -hmm. is weird that i heard afterwards that people weren't high on it um and the best thing in this match is yuka zakazaki she's all yuka's all smiles through this whole match but at a certain point she's just done yeah and her face just goes so serious Mm -hmm. and you can see her body language changes she's no longer this like bubbly happy like springy character she all of a sudden gets super serious and she just picks up uh big saruga up Maybe. in this yeah. northern lights bomb thing <laughs> mm-hmm. and even uh it's funny because you know how how educated excalibur is on these moves he's just like it's like some kind of northern lights bomb he's yeah. never seen it before he's like yeah and then she she doesn't go for the magical girl splash. She goes for the magical girl four fifty splash yeah, for the cool. win. And when she when she picked up Saruga for that for that Northern Lights bomb that she did, she picked her up and just stone faced held her there for like two seconds and then hit her with like mm-hmm. just with so much ferocity. I was like, holy fuck, she killed her. And yeah. apparently after the match, like, May Saruka was crying and saying that she didn't live up to her training and all this stuff. Like, like actually sad. Like, she thought she did badly. I was like, holy shit, no. <laughs> it was like, Don't feel bad, girl. It's like, you're two years in. This is awesome. I don't know if that was because people were hard on her online. Like, I don't get it. I thought it was awesome. Um, yeah. And this, this was the worst match on the show. This was really good. I was so high. I was really excited for Mesaruga because she's she's super young. And I had the night before I had just watched a few of her Gato Move matches, her Choco Pro matches, and they were they were so much fun. She's their tag team champion with his name is Aki. Yeah, 
Bayan Aki, who is an Indian wrestler wrestling in Japan. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. If they can get him too, like yeah. WWE's always trying to get into the Indian market. This guy can work, man. Mm-hmm. He yeah, can he's work. He's really fucking good. Um, and he speaks English and Japanese. He could be a translator for these women. Like, mm-hmm. get him over too. He's yeah. awesome. I think he does the those commentary shows with them too. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the he's the English speaker of the mm-hmm. of the group. He talks to the camera. Um, and I watched a match with him in the Gato Move uh, bedroom, is what I call it. Yeah. And uh, against Minoru Suzuki, and Minoru just beats the shit out. Of him. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a five minute match. Minoru just slaps just slaps him around and then finishes mm-hmm. it. It's like yeah. holy shit! This guy just took a beating for for the love of facing Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, because always... it had to be funny to see Minoru Suzuki in that room. It was amazing. It was so good. <laughs> they start the video with. Uh, all the women, like all the trainees, all the people who work there, just trying to fight Suzuki mm-hmm. in the room. It's like eight on one, and he's just <laughs> pushing them around, laughing, and then eventually just starts chopping them. <laughs> <laughs> and then they cut to the match, and he just—I swear to God—he beats him in like two or three minutes. It is that's awesome. And like Aki is—he's going at him, like he's—he's uh, mm-hmm. he's hitting him, but like and Minoru's just smiling and laughing, be like, "Come on, more, more, more!" And then he's just like. Okay, this is enough. He just yeah. smacks him a bunch of time and makes him tap out like instantly. <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" Like you think that this is you think the promotion's going to be happy go lucky, and mm-hmm. then you just that shit happens. You are like, "Fuck!" This is just a unique, fun yeah. corner of the world. Yeah, if you've never seen it, you definitely got to check those shows out there. Like at first, it's a little jarring to see where they're wrestling, but yeah, it's like a bedroom. You get over it pretty quick. <laughs> I've seen Kenny Omega wrestle there, uh, mm-hmm. tagging with Riho against uh, Emi Sakura and somebody else. Yeah. Anyways, back to this. Speaking of Emi Sakura, this next this next match was oh, Venny so was Venny versus Sakura. Um, this is my favorite women's match of AW, like at all, mm-hmm. and like. Without a doubt, like I, this is one of those matches I'm not going to be able to talk too much about it because it was so fast paced. It they went for about 15 minutes and did not take a fucking breath. Yeah, this was the longest match, wasn't it? Oh, easily by far. Yeah, and Emmy Sakura looked like a million fucking bucks in this. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't almost didn't recognize her first because I know she used to do the. The Freddie Mercury gimmick, but she yeah. she wasn't doing that tonight or that night. Yeah, she's doing like a royalty gimmick, um, mm-hmm. which makes sense because she trains half these ladies. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she she was incredible in this, and I remember when she wrestled with AEW, how good she was. But the fans just didn't respect her. I don't know what it was; they couldn't get behind her. They were kind of mocking her a bit. I don't know. They just... AW fans need to show Emi Sakura a little more respect because she was so good and so polished when she was with them. And then once she was gone and her experience was gone, there was a big drop. And it was Mm -hmm. noticeable once Riho and Sakura were gone. So when they come back, 
Like when Sakura comes back, let's show her some fucking respect. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Because she is a champ. And she is, she's not young too. And she's no. doing, she's doing things that I fucking wish I could do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she, honestly, in this match, the hardest chops I've ever seen from a woman in my fucking life. Like just murder, like just murderous chops. Like mm-hmm. Minoru Suzuki ass chops. Walter yeah. sa- chops that sound like they're from Walter. Yeah. Like she sounded like in she the- was slapped like she was chopping down a tree. Yeah. In that room they were in, or the I guess it was a room where they had the ring too it was perfect for her chops. Because yeah. it was like a smaller room. Yeah, it was the echo. It was the Ice Ribbon Dojo. Ice Ribbon is another Joshi company in Japan. This mm-hmm. was their dojo that they were wrestling in. So yeah, this match absolutely stole the show, and I knew it would. Because I've watched both these wrestlers before, mm-hmm. but my God, like even with my high expectations for this match, it blew them away. Um, this, as I said, easily for me, the best women's match. Venny was an absolute, she is an absolute, to- actually, I don't want to say she, she uh, they are an absolute total package. Yeah. Um, Venny has the strikes, the power moves, the feats of athleticism that would make Ray Phoenix proud. Yeah, their they, dodges are so cool too. Like that's my yeah, favorite match. Like jumping springboard, I, I guess hip tosses off the top rope, like seamless stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Venny wrestles men in Japan, um, largely. I guess I think Japan. You know, what? I don't want to say anything. I don't know enough about. About their mm-hmm. culture to talk on it. But Venny wrestles men in Japan for the most part. And yeah. uh, I think that is something that they're looking forward to wrestling some women in yeah. in North America. And uh, that's what all I'll say about that. Um, Emi Sakura, on the other hand, was an absolute beast in this match. As I said, sorely missed in AEW. I think that she had a lot of polish that when she was gone, we missed that. Mm-hmm. Um, these two absolutely went to war. Um, they went a mile a minute. Can't talk about all these moves. Obviously, there was strong style. There was submissions. There was aerial moves. There was top rope moves. Like literally everything you could want, minus chair shots. Yeah, like they did everything that didn't have weapons. They had mm-hmm. in this match. Venny hit a Urhar moonsault at one point. Um. Just a minute into this match, I had completely forgotten that they were mostly competing in an empty dojo. They had yeah. they had some trainees, essentially young boys, so I guess young girls on the outside from Choker Pro cheering them on, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, like I couldn't love this match any more than I already did. They were just laying their shots in. As I've said, Sakura's chops just drove me up the fucking wall. Um Eventually, she won the match with a beautiful Tiger Driver, and after the, such a crisp Tiger Driver, man, it was really good. And after the match, um, Venny helped up Sakura and then slapped her in the face. And Excalibur said, "I don't think this is the last we'll see of these two together." So I think when Sakura comes over, they're probably planning. I would hope to bring Venny over as well, and they will continue that rivalry and i think it'll be be amazing Mm -hmm. 
Because, again, like this match, five stars. I couldn't love it anymore. Like, I can't stop talking. I watched this match twice. <laughs> Immediately nice. afterwards, I was just like, I am watching this event again. And I, yeah, like, it was, it was unbelievable. I can't, I can't say enough good things about this. What mm-hmm. were what were your thoughts on this? I can't. Uh, I like this match a lot. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. Definitely match of the night. Uh, I had seen Vinny wrestle only one other time in that light tube match, the one light tube match that I talked about before. Mm-hmm. So I was I was really excited to watch him wrestle again, watch them wrestle again, and uh, and I've seen Amy Sakura wrestle a few times. I think she might even wrestled in the May Young Classic in WWE too. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't. I don't. Remember, I could be mistaken, but I, I know I know have. Sakamura did. Mm-hmm. I, if she didn't, I'm sorry. But uh, I've seen her wrestle in AEW a few times, and I really like her too. So uh, I was excited to see this. It was it exceeded all my expectations I had for it because this was just great. And like they were so crisp, and like you said, all the transitions and everything were good. And I loved Sakura's uh, Tiger Driver at the end. Mm-hmm. That was so nice. But my favorite part was. When Vinny was dodging all of Sakura's moves, and then uh, they ass shook after they did all the dodges. That I like that. Vinny's got a good ass shimmy for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, this was definitely match of the night. Could be match of the whole tournament. We'll see. It, well, actually, I don't know. There, when we get to D- uh, Dynamite, that match was really good too. So I oh yeah, and this is why I'm <laughs> saying a lot talking about this Vinny match is mm-hmm. talking talk about this match. As I am, that's how much I love this match because mm-hmm. we've seen some other incredible matches already this year. Yeah, already this is the best year we've seen for women's wrestling in AW. Yes, like we've seen a yeah. few absolute bangers so far, and that was that's still my favorite of the year, mm-hmm. even after the incredible match we we watched last night. For sure. Okay, so this is. What who I'd say most everyone was waiting to see, mm-hmm. me included. Yeah, so this one, uh, obviously, this was the match everyone was waiting for. This was the AEW debut of the IWC's favorite wrestler, the cutest <laughs> in the world, the deity of shit, Maki yeah. Ito. Um, she's We're facing her simps now. She was facing the Joshi equivalent of Tomohiro Ishii. <laughs> this was uh, Rio Mizunami, or Mizunami, sorry, I should try mm-hmm. and get that correct. Um, we've seen Rio before. She was on the, I believe it was the first ever, it she, it might have been at Double or Nothing. Yeah. I think I she think. she competed at Double or Nothing. She was really mm-hmm. good. Um, she's older, mm-hmm. and apparently she was about to retire and AW reinvigorated her so i actually think she's somebody who is coming over and yeah well after talking to you about all this stuff the the winners of each of these matches make sense mm-hmm. makes sense on who they had win yeah every spoiler alert um everybody who won a match in the first round in the japanese side are people who have already competed for AEW. Mm-hmm. so surprise <laughs> um, I mean, that's it how was, it goes, though. They're in a working relationship with them. Yeah, it was it was slightly disappointing because I wanted to see Venny advance and I wanted mm-hmm. to see Maki Ito advance. Yeah, Surprise! It just uh, spoiled that Maki Ito is not advancing. But um, 
yeah, this match was great. Um, Ito came out singing her her intro mm-hmm. theme song, which is amazing. That's her idol background. Yeah, my if people, my thirteen year old son saw her and was like, "Dad, who is that?" So I think he was a little, a little simping as she would put on Twitter after she came. <laughs> We're all Makito simps. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this was a very different kind of match from the previous one. This was this was like one part comedy and one part just pure strong style, which is mm-hmm. funny because I don't think people would expect that from Ito. Um, oh, yeah. if, if you watch your matches, you get it. But mm. uh, I saw like heading into this match, some people were saying, oh, I think some people will be disappointed from by Ito. They're expecting some fantastic worker, but she's all character. And she oh, only, and she, true. and she only has five moves. And I'll say, no, she, fuck you. No, she doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> she, she is. At all. She's extremely polished. Um, yeah, I see that gif earlier of her hit someone with an exploding baseball bat. So I mean, she can do it all. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> she's the epitome of what I said earlier. Of everything she does has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Every strike she does is like moving the story along. It all makes sense. Like she's she's not doing anything for the sake of doing something. Like she yeah. she tells the. So she has some of the best storytelling in women's wrestling mm-hmm. um, and the strongest head. Yeah. And one thing I love with Ido, and this is all her matches and this one specifically as well, her whole style is her about her ill placed confidence mm-hmm. in her ability to go toe to toe with the, with the toughest strikers in the world. She essentially yeah. went up against an absolute unit and tried to go blow for blow for her. <laughs> yeah. Tried to go blow for blow, and it yeah, did you not gotta work watch, out. Um, you got to find her matches against Aja Kong. They're so good. <laughs> it's it's pretty much this whole like it's pretty much like this. Where I she was overconfident, is confident in herself, but it's really good. I was convinced we were going to see that again. That she was going to get through this match mm-hmm. and then face Aja in the next round. It's not what happened. Yeah. But uh, for me, the highlight of this match was her challenging Rio to hit her with a forearm. She hits. <laughs> Uh, Mizunami, and then challenges. She does the uh, the Minoru Suzuki thing, where she taps herself on yeah. the on the on the neck and says, "Give me the forearm." Mm-hmm. And Mizunami obliges, hits her, and Ido just crumbles and starts yeah. wailing and crying on the ground. Mm-hmm. And even Excalibur is like, "Rio, what did you do? You made yeah. her cry." <laughs> and like, and uh, Rio. Rio has her come up to her. She's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And then, obviously, um, Mackie is like is fooling her. She mm-hmm. she brings her in, and then she's able to like drop toe hold her. And yeah. <laughs> Ido in this match shows some really nice offense. She had a bunch of different various DDTs. She had some tornado DDTs. She had some half Nelson DDTs. She did. She used her pat- patented Kakeshi. Her mm-hmm. one of her things is that she has the hardest head in wrestling, so she's always trying to headbutt people. Um, yeah. It's like the equivalent of Joey Ryan's dick. <laughs> like you can't you can't hurt her head. It's mm-hmm. uh, that's a thing. Um, she had some really stiff strikes in this. Like she was really laying it in. She did her patented like grab the hair, hit them with the headbutt as well, other than other than the Kakeshi. Um, mm-hmm. But as is the norm for foul-mouthed, lovable underdog, she was overpowered by yeah. the much stronger 
opponent who is very much strong style, very much the female Ishii. Yeah, Not... she's like a throwback, man. She was great. Yeah, she's amazing. And she choked out Ito in this match. Um, she yeah. got her with a triangle choke and spun her around. And that was, was like, cool. It was a really cool uh, submission. So hmm. Ito didn't... Did she tap out? Yeah, I guess she did. Yeah, I she tapped be, out. I thought it'd be cool Once if the... she'd go to sleep. Yeah, once the rolling stopped, she tapped out pretty quick. Yeah, she's kind of she's kind of like the Darby Allen mm-hmm. of the women's division. If she were yeah. to come in, like obviously a funnier person, she's yeah. not the dark brooding Darby Allen, but is like the lovable Darby Allen who will take on anybody and just get her shit kicked in. Yeah, she's <laughs> like the she's like that kid that um, went to church her whole life and then started hanging out with like the punks or something because she's still cute. But she's trying to get that edge, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so honestly, I love this. And you can just tell that she, like, just by the internet reaction alone. But but she's going to be so fucking over with AEW. Oh, yeah. So over. Like, if we think about what happens with when Jericho comes out for his music, when she comes out singing her song, people are mm-hmm. going to be clapping. They won't know the lyrics. It's in Japanese. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. But they're going to be dancing. clapping. They're going to be dancing. If anybody wants to see a funny video, there is, I think it's from Eve Pro Wrestling in the UK. It's a female um, promotion. Where she is facing Session Moth, Martina, mm-hmm. Session mm-hmm. Moth Martina, and she comes out singing her song, and Martina's just marking out for her in the ring <laughs> yeah. while Ito's coming out, and she's doing like the the fist pumps in the air, and the the match isn't up, but her intro is, and it's very funny because the crowd mm-hmm. is eating it up. Yeah, and yeah, she's definitely got a, a gimmick and personality that'll just be eaten up by the fans over here yeah. i mean she's already winning people over with just her twitter mm-hmm. game so a thousand percent and after the match she tweeted this it wasn't anyone else it was she tweeted to um i guess to aw to the world in general it was just the dark order um logo and herself and mm-hmm. Just essentially saying, I want to join the Dark Order. And I was like, oh my god. And yeah, then all the Dark so Orders started interacting with it. And Sil- she just kept saying, hi, Simp. Hi, Simp, to him. Yeah. <laughs> Silver's just like, hi, Mackie, you know? And she's like, hi, Simp. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's so fucking good. I cannot yeah. wait. I cannot wait. Um, yeah. And, and she actually also, on her Instagram posted a post if you check our twitter i have i posted it up there if you want to read the full thing because it's it's a little bit long but she essentially said that she has had a lot of goals in life one was to get through school one was to become a professional wrestler one was to be an idol she said i've done all those things she's like my next major goal is i want to be a major star in AEW. Mm -hmm. so she's coming yeah she's coming And I cannot fucking wait. Me either. And, and I don't think it'll take her long to be. I'm ready to story. rip out my hair in anticipation. Obviously, like she's mm-hmm. got a. Apparently, she has her idol commitments, so she has to fulfill those. And then I don't know if how long that contract is, but like online, like as a wrestler, she's a freelancer, so she can go wherever she wants. 
as long mm-hmm. as she does her idol stuff. And I think she does have some commitments to jo- to Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. But uh, if she she does those, like her tournaments or whatever, then she can come over in between and mm-hmm. just be the queen of AEW. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm mean, just imagining her with Baker, just the interactions those two can have. Mm-hmm. She's. I saw a video of her and Thunder Rosa when Thunder Rosa was in Japan. They had funny interaction where Thunder Rosa was talking trash, and she's like, "I'm fucking Japanese. I don't know what you're saying." <laughs> that was that was very funny. I saw that too. <laughs> like Rosa, Rosa cuts this promo on her. <laughs> yeah, she just starts yelling, "I don't understand what you're saying. I'm Japanese." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the crowd knows exactly what she's saying when she says yeah, that. It's hilarious. <laughs> they all know that sentence. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. I'm Japanese. And then like, <sighs> yeah. And if they just make, I'm sure if they give her some shirts, those will sell like crazy. Cause I'd buy one. Well, all a, just give me a shirt of her flipping off the camera and I'd buy it. <laughs> yeah. All a W has to do is do like, Three quarters of Moxley's and Eddie Kingston's promos are all recorded. They're all vignettes. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is a vignette with subtitles. Yep. Easy. Done. I don't know why they haven't done it. Drives me fucking yeah. crazy. Subtitles. You don't guys. even have to subtitle it. Uh, she's just a fun to watch. I just figure out. Oh, yeah. But this is just, <laughs> this is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, um, well, I forgot her name. Hikaru Shida. She's the Mm -hmm. champion. She's an actress. She can speak. She can do shit in Japanese. We know this. She's in films in Japan. And yet they don't have her cutting vignettes with subtitles. I don't get it. I don't understand. Instead, they have her trying to speak broken English and it doesn't trans like obviously it translates but it doesn't really work and she's a little uncomfortable with it and everybody's Mm -hmm. a little uncomfortable because it's like well we wish this was like we appreciate the effort, but like, it is a little awkward. Yeah. Cause yeah, like it is what it I, is. I, I watch TV with subtitles on anyway. So if she just spoke Japanese with subtitles, it wouldn't bother me at all. Like when I, when I watch anime or when I watch any Japanese movie, I don't turn on the, the dubs. I watch the subtitles cause it's better mm-hmm. and that's what yeah. they should be doing. Yep. For sure. Okay. Moving on to the next match. The next match was again, this is a cool one cause it was Aja fucking Kong. She is, yeah, she's just, a legend. Just a legend and, versus Ring mm-hmm. Katakura. And if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, I believe that Maki Ito did tag with Rin at one point. There's a video <laughs> called The Fallen Idol or The Fired Idol. Mm-hmm. And because um, Maki Ito was in a tag team with the Maki Ito, oh, what's it called? Support group or... So anyways, she had a tag team with uh with another wrestler who's pretty much just Riho. Um <laughs> and they were they were best friends, they were a tag team. Maki Ito wasn't there f- or they they had like a deadly draw type thing where mm-hmm. um Yuka Sakazaki took Maki Ito's partner like a in in a draw and ended up facing Maki Ito and I believe it was Rin Katakura in the finals oh, okay. of that tournament or they faced each other for the belts and Maki Ito's team lost and I, be- I believe it was Rin I'm I'm not positive but um, they have the very same look and to me Rin is she's like the sort of like 
the Layla Hirsch of Joshi. She's very much yeah, um, amateur wrestling, just like short, stocky, the wrestler's wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Has some... uh, Did they say what title she had? Because she came out with a title. Belt. She has a tag team title. And I don't... Okay. I can, I could she's from a it. different promotion. I didn't... I don't recognize the promotion. Um, it's online. Uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. this match... It, this was just Murder Grandma. <laughs> Murder Grandma doesn't fuck around. Um, yeah, this was awesome. I love Aja Kong so much. She's just... I mean, she's a legend for a reason. Like, she'll... Yeah. Beat anyone up. She was just toying with Rin. She's mm-hmm. she's just putting hands all over her at the beginning, just like fucking quick strikes, which yeah. is funny because it's Aja Kong. She's she looks older than fifty, mm-hmm. which is partly due to her weight, um, yeah. which is um, extensive. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm just in awe of Aja Kong. She has she does so much with so little mm-hmm. at her advanced age, and she can do things that you don't expect. Um, yeah. she uses her body extremely well, like better than anybody. She uses her weight better than anybody I've seen. Yeah. Um, like she looks impressive, but she's hardly moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, let's not, uh, overlook how well she bumped for the younger cut for the younger Rin. Like she, she took a tornado DDT that had her rolling across the ring and almost yeah. <laughs> out of the ropes. And this is like a 250, almost 300 pound, 50 year old woman mm-hmm. who's taken this bump and she, she can hardly walk. She could hardly get up the steps. Um, her offense was all just clubbing blows. She hit her with a spike pile driver, a Saito suplex, which as I've said before is one of my top two favorite yeah, non finisher so moves. It's mm-hmm. uh, Saito and uh, Uranagi are my two favorite moves. Um, yeah. And she hit a top rope elbow. Yeah, I was, was going to bring up her elbow. I love her elbow, but I figured we wait till the end of the match. She her elbow's so cool because she doesn't jump. She just kind of falls. Yeah. <laughs> she falls backwards on you. I, I lost my mind when she climbed yeah. up to the top rope. I was like, oh, my God, she's going to kill herself. Yeah. But no, she knows exactly what she's fucking doing. Yeah. Um, it's such a good elbow drop. It's just like, okay, here I go. And she just falls back on you. <laughs> yeah, is this match is I had it with the with the lowest score because there wasn't as much to the match. It's kinda hard to grade it more than a three and a half. Mm-hmm. But like super enjoyable. Like Audra Kong is just a treat to watch. And she's an absolute legend. And the fact that she's still doing it at fifty years old in the condition that she's in. And like she eats shots like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Rin Katakura is not a small person, and she, like she's built, and she is just throwing these heavy shots, and Ashikon's just smiling it and taking them in the chest as <laughs> yeah. if nothing's happening. And I'm like, how does this not hurt? How can this? How can this woman take the shots like this? Yeah. And looks Aja fucking. Tall. She's she's Van Vader of the mm-hmm. yeah. of the of the Joshis, man. Really good. Um, yeah, so I've talked for 45 minutes about this. Yeah. Uh, we have, obviously. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't have loved that night of wrestling more. It was yeah, everything it was, I wanted. Yeah, it's very good. Exceeded all my expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have... Ideally, they would have 
performed in the on at the Tokyo Joshi Pro Arena with some fans. Mm-hmm. Like allowed some fans in there because Tokyo Joshi Pro has been performing in front of fans in 2021. Yeah. So I know that they're allowing that. Um, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really good. I yeah, loved it. I wish they could add some of these, at least two of the matches on um, Dynamite. I get why they couldn't because, I mean, they want to just do them all together. But it would have been cool. And it would... It, I will admit that it would have been jarring for the Dynamite audience yeah. on TV to see that. It, like, it does look low budget. There's nobody there. The noise is completely different. Um, I understand that it, it probably wouldn't have looked good. But for me, it was like, I probably liked it more than Dynamite. And mm-hmm. Dynamite was very good. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what I feel that... Uh, I'd like to think that Dynamite fans can handle that, but you never know because the internet wrestling or internet wrestling culture is fucking weird. So <laughs> yeah, they like to act like they're cool and smart with everything, but then they get they pick on weird stuff. You know, yeah, there, there's so much bad faith stuff out there. Like you never know when getting a debate or like. Is this person really a fan of AEW or are they just mm-hmm. here to trash AEW because they like to trash AEW and vice versa? This isn't just a, like pe- fan, like people who are against AEW. It's just, it's the tribalism of wrestling in general, not, yeah. not specific to a brand. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. Um, the uh... AEW fans do it to WWE as well and it's just as shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like just watch what you like and you don't have to trash everything else. The. YouTube video of this night of tournaments has 264,000 views, so that's good. Yeah, that's not bad. It should be higher, though. Come on. Pump, yeah, it should be a lot higher. Pump those numbers up. Give me a fucking break. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> it's free to get, like, some really good matches. It's f- phenomenal wrestling. It's, mm-hmm. like, you could be paying for Joshi matches. You can pay for a subscription service. Or you can just watch these people who are, it's a fucking who's who of Joshi. Mm-hmm. Giving you some free fucking bangers. Just watch your free bangers. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's finally get to Dynamite. How's about that? Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right. So uh, the first match we had, the, it kicked off with not a match that I expected them to kick off with. Kick off me with. Either. I thought it was going to be something else, but this was Hangman and Hardy versus TH2. Uh, what were your expectations going into this one? Uh, about what about what happened. Uh, did they announce this match before? Because this, when I was watching, it seemed like a surprise to me. I was like, "Oh, I didn't know they were doing this." This was they. The card changed a bit, and I suspect it was to do with the. I'm answering this as I pour myself another bourbon. Um, <laughs> uh, it was uh, the match was originally Hardy, um, Hardy Hangman, and who else were they with? I think maybe a couple Dark Order guys. Was it Private Party? Versus oh, yeah, and, and Private Party versus Serpentico, Luther, and TH2, I think is okay. what it was. Um, okay. And then yeah. I suspect that what happened is, because of what happened in the rest of the show, I think Mark Quinn got stuck somewhere because of the weather. I hear that, man. I've been snowed in for days. <laughs> um, Isaiah Cassidy was at the show, but there's... <laughs> There was a private party angle that didn't involve Mark Quinn. So I have a feeling that that is the reason. Mm-hmm. 
Or, sense. or it's it's possible that maybe Mark Quang got hurt at Impact yeah. at their Could show as well. Tweak something. Just took a week off or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, my expectations, I I figured it was going to be more story than anything, and that's what it was at the end. Yeah, because there were there were two matches that got uh that they split the two matches mm-hmm. into two different matches. And the only person who wasn't involved that was previously was Mark Quinn. So I suspect that he he couldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, again, surprise start to the show because wouldn't expect that, especially Matt Hardy. Like maybe you don't want to start your show with a guy who's hobbling around the ring. But I actually <laughs> thought that he hid his deficiencies. And I don't want to be disrespectful there, but like he is he's wrestling hurt these days. Yeah, his body can't really do it anymore. Like he is hobbling around the ring. It just is what it is. It's his health condition and his age. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he he hid his uh, deficiencies and his weakness as well in this match. I thought uh, he like he even hit a BT bomb. I think is what it is, yeah. which is like the which is the blackout essentially. It's just the blackout. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh hangman unsurprisingly was or actually sorry hangman surprisingly was very willing to was a very willing and able tag partner for hardy which was interesting after their angle from the week before if you hear yeah. if my if you hear my dog running down the stairs that's what that was <laughs> um uh page was easily the best part of this match he was his usual oh, yeah. chris he normally self. is the best part of every match um, that he's hit <laughs> He hit a massive pop up pop up power bomb on Angelico, like really, really crisp looking power bomb, really powerful. Mm-hmm. And then immediately uh caught Evans coming off the top rope and caught him midair and power bombed him on top of Angelico. Yeah, that was nuts. Immediately afterwards, which was really cool. Um he would have had the match easily won, but uh Hardy kept tagging himself back in the match and then getting beat up. <laughs> <laughs> which was funny um and they're about essentially about to lose the match and hangman does a double buckshot lariat buckshot to, lariat. to take the double bu- barrel buckshot to take them out and then hardy hits the twist of fate for the one two three out on helico and after the match we have hardy he grabs the mic and says hangman you're you're going to be a billion dollar player. You're going to be a huge star. You're going to make a ton of money. And as a result, I'm going to make a ton of money because I get 30% of your earnings and hangman's he's just got this big shit eating grin. Um, Mm. he tells Hardy that, uh, you know what, sir, I don't know that you, uh, you read that contract from last week. And Hardy says, Oh yes, I did. I wrote the contract. He's like, uh, no, um, some good friends once told me that it's very important to keep a second pair of papers in your in your uh in your holster over here and so i i i switched the contract he's like you know what let's bring out duval so they bring out duval which is uh the jaguar's mascot he comes running down does does a little dab or like a little i don't know what it was it was a dance i don't know i'm too old <laughs> um he he does a dance i don't know in the ring and hands over the papers hardy looks at it he's like Oh, you know what? This isn't a—I uh, don't know what it's called. This isn't a contract like a, between us to uh, like, yeah, for me to represent like a manager's you. contract or whatever. Yeah, he's he's like, this is a contract for a match between us, a singles match, and it says if I lose, I owe you my 
my first quarter of 2021 earnings. He's like, what's this hangman? And hangman's just like, Hey man, it is what it is. It's business. Um, and Matt Hardy's saying that uh, he's like, Oh, you know what? It's like, I don't like this, but if we have to do this, it's like, we got to make it even. Um, if, if you lose, I get your, the same earnings of yours in the first quarter of 2021. And hangman's like, I didn't see that coming. I don't know why he didn't see it coming, but uh, <laughs> he says, uh, he's a, he's like, I oblige. Um, he's like, he's like, that's the honorable thing to do. Um, he's like, we can do that. Um, let's make it a money match, a big money match. And I was like, that's, that's a cute name. I like that. Yeah. Um, and then Hardy says, but I just hate to tell you, you're screwed. And then Duval comes out and just cracks hangman in the yeah. back of the head takes off the head it's isaiah cassidy as i said earlier mark quinn's not there which is of note and hardy also says hey th2 get in the ring i'll pay you twenty thousand dollars to beat up thirty seven hundred dollars thirty seven hundred dollars random number <laughs> very specific so yeah. they run in the ring they're just beating down hangman and then out from the back comes all of dark order and they come running in the ring it is with negative one. He was it is just a feel good amount. It's just a feel good moment. Negative mm-hmm. one's out there, and he's got a really sweet mask right now. Yeah, his new mask is cool. His new mask is white. It's like it looks super tight. It looks like like white bandage wrapped around his face with like mm-hmm. a purple smiling mouth. It looks actually super fucking creepy. Before it just looked like he was wearing a mask that was too big for him. Now yeah. he looks like a creepy little leader. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, Dark Order looked awesome. They cleared them out, including uh, Alan Angels having a cool little face-off against Matt Hardy. And then they're all standing in the ring with Hangman. Hangman's looking at them. He's smiling, saying thank you. And they essentially say, we got your back. Mm-hmm. And it was super cool. I loved seeing that. Um, I still think that Hangman will become their leader at some point. I can see that. I think he will come around to them and become the leader of the Dark Order, and they'll officially be face at that point. Because, you know, no one's going to boo them anymore. Yeah, the they fa- can't. The fans love them. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And uh, imagine if they get Maki Ito there, too. Oh! <laughs> That'd be amazing. But, uh, yeah, so it was really cool. I like that. And uh, Hangman does the... Uh, does the big like gun salute that he does with the dark order all behind him. I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, like take a screen grab of that. Cause that is going to be, I think my dog is falling up the stairs. <laughs> what in the world we got a, we had, we had a flood here and we had to do some renovating and we, we took the carpet off the stairs and because of the pandemic, he hasn't been able to get his nails clipped. No, so yeah. he slides a little bit on the stairs. So when he's running up the stairs, he's slipping and he's, <laughs> it's, it's a fucking thing. If, if we try and clip his nails, he starts screaming. So we have to take him no, to the groomer. That's what my dog does too. And the yeah. groomer is, the groomers until recently have been closed here and they just, and they have a huge wait list. Mm-hmm. So he's on the wait list, but anyways, so that was why my dog was falling like sliding down the stairs on the way down, he was okay, but falling up the stairs, he was too excited and he kept slipping. <laughs> Dogs. Yeah. Great. So, uh, so yeah, that was fun. But yeah, take a screen grab of that uh, hangman doing that 
his pose, his salute with all of the Dark Order behind him, because we're going to see that again, and he's going to be the leader of the Dark Order. I'm saying that right now. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait. Yeah, so I think that match, three and a half stars. Um, yeah, it was, like it, I was saying, it was more mainly story than anything. Like, it was very good. It was fun. Uh, poor Jack Evans had a little bit of a botch. I don't like to harp too much on uh, that, because botches happen, especially when like we forget that Jack Evans is actually quite old. Yeah, he's like forty, if not if not older. I remember watching him in Ring of Honor in like two thousand four. Yeah, so he's been on the indie circuit forever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been wrestling longer than I've been ro- watching wrestling, essentially. Yeah, and uh, like the shit that he does, like he should be dead, and yeah. he should be retired. At this point, but yeah, I've no. seen him do a double backflip off a cage in Ring of Honor. So I'm fucking it's insane. landing on his head too, and shit. Yeah, like that. <laughs> there are videos online called "Jack Evans, please don't die." Mm-hmm. It is just highlight, like essentially botchamania, but just Jack Evans. Just Jack Evans, yeah, yeah. He does a lot of dirty stuff, and he still does it too. So. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, he crashes and burns. It just mm-hmm. is what it is. Okay, so next we had. An inner circle promo, and this was Santana Ortiz with a little bit from Jericho and an MJF. So God, the first part of this promo is so good. It's so good. These guys are going to be the ultimate baby faces when they mm-hmm. inevitably leave the inner circle, which is coming. Yeah. Um, and remind me to talk about Ortiz's tweet afterwards. Okay. Um, after their match, we won't get into it with this promo. Anyways, so it starts. Uh, it says finally Ortiz says that. They've been in the company for 18 months, and this is the first shot at a title. It's long overdue. He says that's because of fear. The company fears them. The champions fear them. Everyone in, in, or, in AEW fears Santana and Ortiz. But he said there's no more hiding. We're here. Uh, he said it's time to pay dues, and we're here to collect. And. Mm-hmm. I'm so it's just such a fiery babyface promo, but they're not quite babyfaces yet. They're just yeah. like they're just. Oh, but you see it coming. You see, and we've yeah, seen it coming for, for a sure. while. The fans are behind them, and then MJF yeah. interjects. He says that uh, he's got something to get off his chest. He said last week, Sammy Sammy crossed the line by attacking him, and all because he thought MJF was recording him. But that, that's kind of a, a dunce move because who tries to record somebody when there's already a camera recording everybody, <laughs> which was nice. They addressed this issue. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And then Jericho interrupts Sammy, um, telling him to shut up. And he tells him that he sees what he's been doing for week after week after week. Um, MJF has been trying to get under Sammy's skin, trying to get Sammy to leave the inner circle. Um, he knows what he was doing, um, and he finally got Sammy to quit. And he said, that is your fault, MJF, or that's partially your fault. He said, it's largely Sammy's fault, because Sammy quit, and he let them go at each other because he understands what rivalry is. And he's talked about sometimes families fight. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like, uh, brothers within an inner circle don't get along, but they come out stronger. He said, that didn't happen with Sammy. Sammy bailed on us, and he quit. You stayed. So Sammy's dead to him, and he's dead to the inner circle. So I was like, all right, that's cool. I like that promo. I That was 
believable. And they fixed a glaring issue of last week, which I thought they would fix because they have in the past, which was the camera thing. Like, yeah. how is Sammy going to like literally address the camera and say, I want you to record this and then yeah. <laughs> smash uh, MJF's phone, which again, still kind of leads me to believe that maybe Sammy's in on it. I don't know for sure. Cause I think Sammy's going face. Yeah. I can see that too. I think Sammy's got big face potential, but he's got to fix that hair. That hair is heel hair. He's got to change the hair. <laughs> yeah. He's got the Jimmy Neutron hair that you just want to mm-hmm. smack off the top of his head. Yeah. I mean, he he would be a good baby face, but he also just has such a punchable face. Because, mm-hmm. like, he's so good at being a, just a dick. You're just like, oh, God. He's an absolute people. prick. The first mm-hmm. time I ever saw him in PWG, he was just such a little shit. It was really funny. He came in and he was doing all his high flying moves. I forget who he was up against, but he was up against someone really big, like a mm-hmm. like a large man. I think it might have been essentially who's Bronson Reed now. Yeah, in NXT, uh, and he's crap. I forget his old name. Oh well, it doesn't matter right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, he came in. He's just like, I'm the Sammy Guevara, best in the world. Yada yada. He goes to do his like his, his big fancy flip, and Reed just catches him and plants him on his head. <laughs> like it was just so enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara eat shit. Yeah, but it'll be his blog has actually, I think, really helped him become a fan favorite and a face within the company. So I think this mm-hmm. is a an appropriate face turn. Yeah. Okay, so. Next match was, I would think, is probably your favorite AEW women's match. Oh, what yeah. were your I love this match. What were your expectations for this one? Uh, this just, was Serena uh, Deeb versus Riho, by the way. Yeah, like, Serena Deeb's really good, and I love Riho. I'm so happy to see her back in AEW. So my expectations were pretty high, which I don't like to do because sometimes they let you down. But this match was, man, this match was so good. I loved everything about this match. Yeah, like I, I, I can't even. I don't even have words about how much I like this match and stuff. It was just, it was so good to see Riho back here in music. I was grooving in my on my couch. It was just, yeah, it's great. Yeah, this was a uh, Riho got the uh, got the champions pop, the champions return mm-hmm. pop when she came out. There, there yeah, was, was socially just kind of worried that people were going to remember her and stuff. But like fans, they had welcome back Riho signs and stuff. And no, they fans were loud. You could hear them mm-hmm. when she came out. There was a big roar. And it was mm-hmm. just like, holy shit, these people, it's good that uh, she's back. And uh, I think sometimes you don't appreciate, like with Emmy Sakura, you don't appreciate what you have until it's gone. You, I don't want to sing because I don't want to, the podcast get in trouble, but you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yes. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, this is very much the case of that. Um, yeah, some people were down on her title reign, but when she was gone, she's missed, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, her title reign was good. Like she had really good matches. It's just kind of like she did. They just haven't given her any stories. She's well. She started in AEW when AEW really wasn't doing any stories. Like mm-hmm. even for the men, they yeah. didn't really have storylines. Yeah, it's just like big matches and they were multi man matches, multi woman matches. They were very much going in the way of New Japan at that time, mm-hmm. which was all the storytelling is done in the ring. They do a face-off after the match, and then that informs the next match. 
Mm-hmm. That was all the storytelling they were doing. However, this is North America. North America is not used to that. Yeah. So people were like, why aren't there any promos? Why aren't there any this and that? And that was just because New Japan doesn't really do that. And yeah. uh, that's what they were used to. And they pivoted. Luckily, they started putting the mic in Moxley's hand. They, but Riho was the champion at the time, and Riho can't speak English. So <laughs> they kind of were like, oh, fuck. Um, mm-hmm. And this is where, yes, subtitles, guys. Subtitles. Yeah. yeah, but she looked so happy to be back, especially with the crowd reaction. Mm-hmm. Like She just looked thrilled to be there. And uh, Serena Deeb even looked excited to wrestle her. So it was just a, like a – it was just awesome. Yeah, no, it was it was really good, and this match, as awesome as it was, it actually started out a little slow, or at least to me when I first watched it, um, I was like, okay, it's taking it's taking a little bit to get going, which is not um, uncommon for Japanese wrestlers. They take their mm-hmm. time to build up in the match to get to the crescendo yeah. at the end, which this match had, um, yeah, in spades. But I really loved. And this slowed it down as well, but I thought in a good way, they really, really played on Deeb's knee injury. Yeah. Which, again, it's one of those things where you never know in AEW if somebody's actually injured or if they just slapped a knee brace on her and said, pretend to be injured. Story of this match is your knee. Get out there. Yeah. She she just put on a knee brace because I don't, we never saw her get injured. So. Yeah. They said it happened in training and usually... I think if they're working on the injury, the injury in quotations, it's usually not real. Yeah. Because I think if they really had an injury, you wouldn't want somebody kicking it and stuff. Yeah, I think Deeb was just like, give me a knee brace. Let's mm-hmm. work on this. Because it yeah. was very, like, knees in general were just the name of the game in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, because even Serena worked on Rio's knees. Exactly. Uh, so Rio took advantage of it. They were in. They were doing some chain wrestling, and Rio got out of the out of a headlock by, just by stepping on her by knees. stepping by stepping on the back of the knee. And right away, Excalibur pointed it out. He's just like, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys noticed that uh, Rio stepped on the back of the knee there. And they're like, that's uncommon for Rio because she's the nice lady. And yeah. immediately when she did that, Serena threw her across the ring. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck are you doing stepping on my knee? Yeah, that's not cool. And hey, you got the knee brace on; it's a target now. And then the intensity really picked up, and especially mm-hmm. it, it was uh, during the commercial break of all times. Um, during the picture in picture, yeah, like the trainer came out and stuff. Yeah, the trainer came out, but Deeb also had this really, really violent-looking reverse neck breaker in the ropes, and yeah, Riho nice. just crumpled, which mm-hmm. is a trademark of Joshi. Um, mm-hmm. How somebody first told me about Joshi, they said uh, it's very quick and the matches can just be over in a flash. Somebody will just get a head kick or just get one move and it'll just sort they'll crumple. They'll just drop. There's no big bumping. There's no big any of this stuff. Like they just drop like a rock. And that's exactly how Riho, Riho sold this one with that neck breaker. She just crumpled. It was like, yeah. it was like, ooh, <laughs> does she have a neck injury? That was like, that's what it looked yeah. like when it happened. <laughs> and that's when um, Deeb got some breathing room, called the doctor, and the doctor's looking at her knee, checking the knee brace, giving it a little tighten. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when they come back from the break, um, the two just went move for move. 
Riho hit a yeah. Riho hit a Snapdragon uh, suplex, which is Kenny's move, which uh, yeah. Kenny gave to her, which I love. Um, the two exchanged big elbow shots in the corner, which was to Riho's detriment, but also mm-hmm. because she's the much smaller wrestler. But also, yeah, I liked that. 98 pounds, right? Which JR said that like 14 times during this. <laughs> which, which I think is fine. It's He mm-hmm. says that shit about Darby Allen too. Some people yeah, are just yeah, like, yeah. some people are like, oh, it's disrespectful to Riho. She's like, no. It's no, not. It plays into she's, it she's the plucky underdog baby face, but it like, just made me laugh because I, I didn't notice it until somebody pointed out. I was like, he used to say she's 98 pounds a lot, but it's not that. It's not like a huge deal or anything. He, it just made me laugh. Yeah, he says that about uh, Darby Allen as well. Because mm-hmm. he, later on when in the Orange Cassidy match, he brings up um, Luther's weight, so mm-hmm. he does it all the time. Yeah, no, it's uh, people are just sensitive when it's certain people mm-hmm. saying things or having them said about them. But yeah, so I th- I loved the the shots specifically in this because one of the things that people were on were on Rio about before when she was with AEW was that her strikes were a little weak. That didn't look mm-hmm. like she was putting anything behind them. She was laying them in here. Yeah, I could tell. I was just like, okay, like she obviously doesn't have a lot behind them because, as we said, ninety eight pounds. Last mm-hmm. time I was ninety eight pounds, I was in like grade six. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, but yeah. So Riho gains the advantage using her speed. Um, Deep tried to even the odds by then targeting Riho's knee. Um, mm-hmm. She hit her with yeah, her dragon screws were so good looking during this match. I loved them because like. She wouldn't just fall on her back with him. She'd like spin and then like kind of DDT her leg mm-hmm. when she was doing it. She she uh, put her up in the ropes, like mm-hmm. on the turnbuckle and put her legs in the ropes and then would drag and screw them off the ropes, which I thought was very reminiscent of Tanahashi. Yeah. Tanahashi does that. And specifically, this reminded me of him because he often tries to... Um, even the odds in his matches because he's his knees are bad. So he tries mm-hmm. to injure the knees of the other person to take away his weakness. Yeah. That's what it's like. Um yeah, so I was like, okay, she's doing she's doing the Tanahashi, put them in the ropes, do the uh do the dragon do the dragon screws to the knee. She's doing elbow drops specifically on the knee while holding the leg mm-hmm. up. She's very much going for it. Um she she attempted a, I believe, yeah, she attempted a figure four at one point, didn't get it. But then yeah. she, she locked in a stretch muffler and Riho did this absolute fucking brilliant. Uh, I love this stretch muffler, but she didn't. That's abs- my favorite submission hold. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. But Riho did an absolute brilliant reversal of it for a near fall, which is, mm-hmm. I I had to tweet about it as soon as I thought it was just like, oh my God, I've never seen a. A pin reversal out of a stretch yeah, that's muffler. Cool. That was a one of the roll f- up from a stretch muffler is something you don't see every day. Like you need some fucking flexibility to do that. Mm-hmm. And also the stretch muffler looks so brutal because yeah. Riho's so flexible. That's another thing you'll see a lot in Joshi Pro. Is yeah, they're really flexible. They're very flexible. So they can make their submissions look like they'll get you in the submission and you're not tapping out. And then they'll do like the second lean back where they go mm-hmm. even farther and just bend you straight in half. Yeah, and ooh, Maki Ito does that a lot. So look forward mm-hmm. to that. If she yeah. ever faces uh, Serena Deeb or Riho, look forward to that one. 
But yeah, so uh, Riho, after the near fall, is able to get up onto the top rope, do the double stomp, and uh, they have they both exchange pinning reversals. She ends up pinning her with something I've never really seen before. It's sort of like the uh, Superman pin from yeah. from Colt Cabana. It's a little bit different, but it's a slight variation on it. But they do like the like six different reversals yeah. in the pin. That, that is actually making me nervous. It's like, oh no, please, Rio, don't get caught. But no, she cut Serena deep, and I was so excited because what this does is it it does that Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi thing where it delays that match a little bit longer between mm-hmm. Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa for when yeah. the title... Oh, yeah, so Riho's going to get Thunder Rosa next. Yeah, it's not Serena oh, Deeb versus man. Thunder Rosa, which is the rivalry for the title. Mm-hmm. They delayed that by having Riho go there, yeah. and I love that. That had Kenny Omega written all over it because he, mm-hmm. he loves booking like that, just delaying that a little bit longer. Yeah. But man, Rio versus Thunder Rosa is going to be so good. Yes, God, I can't wait for that. Yes, so for me, this match was four and a half stars. For you, I think it might be a little higher. Oh yeah, I give this one five stars. Yeah, for sure. You see, there it is. <laughs> I love this match. If you uh, if you follow us on Twitter and you saw the Rio is my queen tweet, that was me. So <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, this match was fantastic. I can't I can't <laughs> knock it at all. Like four and a half is a fucking what eighty five out of ten. Isn't yeah, that what yeah. that is? Yeah, yeah. Um, is. It's I love it. I I like Serena Deeb a lot, but I'm just such a huge fan of Rio. I'm so glad she's back over here wrestling because yeah, it'll it'll be great. And I think she's back full time now, as far as I know. She uh, she went to Joshi. Apparently, she didn't really lose. She didn't get pinned at all. Um, mm-hmm. They were protecting her, and I think she was supposed to come back sooner, but she couldn't. Yeah. But they managed to uh, get her back over, get her quarantined, get her in the matches. So, very exciting yeah. stuff. And hopefully we can see her wrestle um, uh, Thunder Rosa again because they had that really good match a year or so ago. So Absolutely. Or maybe it's even more than a year now, but when she won the title. Yes. Or yes. Did she win the title from Thunder Rosa? Um, Deeb. Right? Deeb won Deep. the title from Thunder Rosa. Uh, okay. Not Thunder yeah, Rosa, so, uh, Nyla Rose. I'm sorry. Oh Nyla yes, Rose. yes. Um, Riho beat Nyla Rose mm-hmm. to win the yeah, title, yeah. and then Nyla Rose beat Riho. Yeah, in yeah, both have, fantastic matches. Yeah, they have really good chemistry. Sorry about that. I meant no, no, no it's fine. Nyla Rose, it's fine. Thunder Rose. Um, yeah. So one thing I will say about this match, I tweeted about it before the show, like a couple hours leading up to it, that I tweeted, "Give me what I want." And what I wanted was this mm-hmm. women's match in the first hour, and they gave it to us in the first hour. Yeah. Thank you. It was the top of the first 30 minutes, right? Yes, absolutely. That's what we wanted, man. All right. So moving on, the two quizzical um, parts of the show was uh, this next thing was a Jade Cargill vignette, which was Jade and Shaq in a basketball gym. Just shooting hoops, mm-hmm. which was yeah, it was odd. I mean, I know it was supposed to show, it's supposed to show her bond with Shaq, and is supposed to show how uh, they're very in sync and connected. And she actually, and how athletic she is, she's actually is a former college basketball player, so there is a connection there. But it was odd. You'd think that maybe they would show them doing running the ropes or something. Yeah. Like in, uh, 
like not showing any moves, but like training. Yeah, because they haven't shown anything. Maybe they want to see Shaq save Shaq's first ring, like on the show, but they haven't shown Jade in the ring at all. I understand not wanting to show Jade. I get it. Mm-hmm. Like I really do get it, but I just don't know what this did. Yeah, like it was. Cool. And she's wearing baggy clothes too. Like you want Jade and like showing those abs off and stuff. It was cool, and I like it. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I I like I understand what they were doing. They were trying to show that relationship and why they're close and why they have a connection. But yeah. Yeah. I think uh at this point like I'm just ready for the match and I'm actually super excited about the match and that match is in 2 weeks. It's not next week. So we're pro yeah. I just Yeah, it's March 3rd. They're they're piping up March 3rd to be I mean it's the go home show for the pay-per-view yeah. but they're also making it a pretty big dynamite. Like I'm, I'm super excited for Jade Cargill. Oh, like mm-hmm. I am a 1,000% in for that. The Cody Shaq stuff, less so. But the yeah. uh, the Jade Cargill stuff, I'm very excited. I think, uh, I think they know that there's something special there, and I think they only want to show her doing anything when we actually see her do something. And I get yeah. it. It's like Wardlow. It's the same buildup. Yeah, it it's is. like they they want to show her impressive doing something stand out in the ring. And I, I still think she's going to square up with Cody in that match. Oh, 100%. Like, that's happening. Similar to um, uh, Ronda, Ronda Rousey Rousey. against Triple yeah. H. I yeah. think it's going to be similar. I don't imagine Shaq's going to be in the ring very much. No, but... <laughs> I don't think so. And I, and I don't want him to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so moving on to another segment that was confusing. Um I'm going to ask your expectations of this, although I don't think there are any. Which uh, is, no, uh, I had none at all. <laughs> which is Orange Cassidy versus Luther. Mm-hmm. The only thing I expected was that uh, Miro would come out. But... Yeah. That was, that was my literal one, expect- my one mm-hmm. expectation of this match, was that Miro would come out and they would set up their match for... Uh, I thought was going to be their match for Revolution. I still think it's coming. It's uh, got to be. It has to be. They can't They can't do this to Miro again. Because this is mm-hmm. what happened last time was we thought like his rivalry with the best friends was going to conclude two pay-per-views ago. And it didn't. And then they extended it for another pay-per-view cycle mm-hmm. to... It didn't even make it to a pay-per-view. It made it to a beach break. And it was just way too long. It was like a four-month build of nothing, really. Mm-hmm. So... I really hope they get to this match with Orange Cassidy at Revolution. So anyways, to this match. Um yeah, so it was it was very short. Um yeah. Luther came out hot and actually the work in this match was actually very very good. I'll say yeah, what, yeah. The, this was a very good sprint of a match. It just mm-hmm. was completely unnecessary. Anyways, yeah. Luther comes out just gives an absolute Pop to Cassidy with a pump kick, kicks his glasses right off his face. Um, and he picks him up for a power bomb, gets a gets a near fall on Orange Cassidy, and then rips off his shirt, wraps around Orange Cassidy's neck, and just spins him around the ring in the air by by his shirt. And I'm just like, holy fuck, this is kind of cool. And yeah. Orange Orange Cassidy rolls he rolls out to the apron. Luther meets him on the apron. He picks him up. He's gonna like give him a power bomb or some kind of shenanigans on the on the apron. Orange Cassidy slides underneath his legs, 
gets down below him, hits Luther for a power bomb on the ground, and then while they're outside the ring, Serpentico runs in to the ring and he's kind of waiting for Orange Cassidy to come back in. But uh, Chuck Taylor runs in, grabs him, hit, hits him with the awful waffle, which I love. Um, yeah, it is a fantastic, it's a violent looking move. Mm-hmm. Um, so Serpentico's dead. Um, then yeah. <laughs> Orange Cassidy gets uh, Luther back in the ring, hits him with the orange punch. One, two, three, match over. No Miro. I don't understand the point of the match. Yeah. Like, no. honestly, maybe he got snowed but he lives in Florida, right? So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... Oh, uh, you know what? I don't think he lives in Florida, actually. Oh, okay. I think he lives outside Florida, so maybe that's... I don't know. Oh, no, I think they live in Tennessee. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. So if he lives in Tennessee, he definitely could have got snowed in. Yeah, but I don't know. I just... But this was one of those matches that was put on the card when the or their original match had to be changed, so they split it into two. Mm-hmm. So they added this match, like, the day of. So... Yeah. Just don't add this match and yeah. give five minutes to anything else. Like, literally mm-hmm. anything else. It does not matter. Give one minute more to every match. <laughs> like, yeah. It's odd. But anyways. Yeah, if you're going to have this match, you definitely got to have Miro come out because otherwise it like, just makes no my sense. My one comment I wrote here was, very quick, very good, very unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I legit, I'm shocked I'm giving it a three stars. Like, as far as like a sprint, awesome, but also like, what the f- why? And where's Miro? This doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like I can't be mad at it because like it was, I enjoyed it for what it was. But anyways, but now on to for me, what was the segment? I shouldn't say the segment of the show because the women's match was incredible. But my mm-hmm. my favorite non match segment of the show, yeah. This was this was awesome. This is f- first. I thought it was going to be like it's been every other week, but nope. Holy shit! Like this was the most laughed at segment coming into the show, which was mm-hmm. after last week they dragged uh, Team Taz dragged Darby through the parking lot behind a car, like straight up, like out of a western, mm-hmm. and that would kill a regular person and. Sting ran slowly, ran out of the ring, and walked out through the tunnel. And they said, "Sting's chasing after Team Taz in the car." And they said, "Next week, Sting will call out Team Taz." And we're like, "That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is he waiting a week to address this? Like, in the real, in the real world, this none of this made sense." Mm-hmm. And so, what happens here is, uh. Team Taz comes out to the ring, and it's just Taz, Hook, and Cage. And Taz gets on the mic. He's just like, hey, I heard all week that uh, Stinger's going to call us out. So I thought I'd just come out to the ring before he could. And there's only three of us because Sting brought the snow to to down (laughs) south. So so fuck you, Sting, which was very funny. Yeah, he's like like, Starks and Hobbs couldn't made it here because of the snow. So he's like, Sting, if there's ever a time to call us out, there's only three of us. This is your moment, bud. And, this, of course, the snow hits. His weird black metal video comes on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes out. He walks out to the ring. And he walks into the ring. And Taz says, you entered the ring with us. That was very stupid. 
And you brought your bat. You always bring your bat. You've always brought your bat. You better hope, like, uh, and you had to, because your skinny little friend's not here to to mm-hmm. help you this time. And then Sting drops the bat. And uh, and Taz goes, oh, we're ready to get frisky here. And Sting takes off his coat. And then Sting just starts throwing hands. Yeah. He gets uh, Cage into the corner, and he's, like, he looks good. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks good. Like, he's got the old Sting fire. Like, he's hitting them with lefts, rights, elbows, kicks, chops. And I was like, holy shit. Sting can go. And then Hook grabs Sting's bat, and he gets uh, Sting around the neck with him, pulls him back. Sting turns around, drops Hook. And I'm like, oh, God. He killed my boy. And then, yeah. uh, and then Cage kicks him with Cage catches him in the gut with a hook kick. And then I swear to God, I thought he killed him. He picks yeah. Sting up and plants him with a vicious powerbomb in the middle of the ring. And I swear to God, I thought Sting was dead. Yeah. I gasped. I squealed. My jaw was on the floor. I was wearing my Sting shirt. It's <laughs> like, oh my god, they killed my childhood hero. This yeah. ma- this man has a neck and spine condition. Uh, he like he went from, and honestly, his, I can't take all the credit for this analysis. Um, what culture did talk about this? So credit to them. They talked about how Sting. The whole narrative around this, and this is like outside of kayfabe, of the reason why this doesn't work is because Sting is too old and he can't take bumps. Sting can't take bumps. Sting can't take bumps. And then Sting took the ultimate bump. Yeah, just a big ass power bump. He's just like, oh, you think Sting can't take a bump? Watch this. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> like, oh my gosh like and what like instantly is like oh they they just fired up this rivalry again this feud mm-hmm. i'm 1000 yeah, percent in again last week yeah. i didn't even want to talk about this shit yeah. like we skipped this segment last week mm-hmm. this week uh, this is i was like ah <laughs> yeah it was really good and i know cage is a pro so i know sting probably wasn't hurt at all yeah, all I've heard it looked vicious. All I've heard after like since then is like Cage is actually a super safe worker. So it's mm-hmm. actually a great person for him to be in the ring with. But like Sting was like holding his head and neck afterwards and which I yeah. think was probably just selling. But like yeah. he almost died from taking a buckle bomb. bomb in the Yeah. He almost died. Mm-hmm. And to the point where he said in an interview that if he swings a bat wrong he can kill himself. Yeah. I don't know how long ago that was. That could have been like six years ago. Like he could be, his health could be very different now. Yeah. Cause he's got the same thing. Edge had and Edge is. I mean, he's back wrestling all the time now. So, and he's taken some hellacious bumps. Mm-hmm. It's um, like that. They do that thing that Daniel Bryan did to help him get back. Where you like pretty much just freeze yourself. Mm-hmm. So it could be that he is just good. To go to an extent mm-hmm. where um, as long as they know exactly what they're doing and he's not taking any like maybe buckle bombs are a little bit 
more uh, dangerous. No buckle bombs. Yeah, I don't want to see a but. But like, it was it was like the week before with um with Jake and the Snake Roberts, where uh, they were like, "Oh my god, Kenny's gonna V trigger Jake the Snake." Oh my god, Kenny's gonna V trigger Jake the Snake. And at the last second, Moxley came in with the bat and hit him. I was <laughs> like. Oh my god, he's going to powerbomb Sting. Oh my god, he's going to powerbomb Sting. Where's Darby? And Darby didn't come. Yeah. Darby wasn't there. And I was like, holy fuck. It's like, that was a risky move. Like, if that went bad, AW's done. No, yeah, for sure. AW just folds. They murdered Sting. Yeah, there's no coming back from that. Like, you can't kill Sting on live television. They already almost killed Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, they jumped through a flaming hoop there. Yeah. And they landed it. Like, I afterwards, I was just like, I, I truly hope he's okay. Because, mm-hmm. like, the look on his face, he does a really good, like, lying on the pine, staring up into the sky. Yeah. Like, he's, he did yeah, it. He in, looked like he was legit knocked out. He did it in Impact or, once silly. before, where, uh, the same shot. But yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he did that. Me either. It was excellent. But it, like you said, it, it reinvigorated the interest in this match. Oh yeah, these guys are so. It makes evil me wonder now. if they're going to do cinematic still. Yeah, I still think they are. But match. I think Steve's yeah. going to. Steve, <laughs> let's just call him Steve now. I think Steve's going to take some. Is it his real name, Steve Borton? <laughs> I think Steve's going to take some. Uh, he's going to do some shit. Mm-hmm. So that that was wild. That was wild. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't believe it. Okay, moving on to the next segment. We had uh, a Kingston promo. So Kingston says that he requested the match tonight with his uh, with his three demons that he's trying to deal with in life. He says, uh, or in AW, he says Lance Archer. He's been a pain in my ass since day one, and and the result of the lumberjack match sucked. And uh, it's never sat right. So, mm-hmm. fuck Lance Archer, number one. Phoenix, he never he never wanted him. He wanted his brother, but Phoenix turned his brother against him. So, fuck him, number two. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Moxley, he said, ah, my old friend. He said, I can't get rid of you with drinking, pills, or women. He said, I'm going to get rid of you by beating the shit out of you. Fuck yeah. him, number three. So yeah. yeah, this I like this because it's just it's just Kingston to a T, just brilliant stuff. And the thing that's so real about King, he inserts his real life. I, we say this all the time, but mm-hmm. he is on record as saying that homicide got him clean. He yeah. has a history of drinking and pills and women. Mm-hmm. That's his past. That's his life, and homicide essentially saved his life. We know that that's who he is and who he was, yeah. and that he has these demons. And he said that he brings those things into his promos, and it works every fucking time. Yeah, it does. There's always like a, it's promos are always menacing, but there's always like a touch of sadness. Oh my god! And it just you're cheering it just for draws him. you in. You're cheering for him, like mm-hmm. you're praying that he turns face, which is yep. amazing. So when he finally does turn face, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. And you know that Moxley wants him to turn face. Moxley's sick of beating the shit out of him over Mm -hmm. and over and over. (laughs) 
And that we'll hear about that in Moxley's promo. Mm-hmm. So next we got a Kenny Omega segment. And WWE this was... Uh, Kenny Omega. Oh my god. So this was introduced. <laughs> and I thought it was funny. Some people have been ragging on uh, JR. But, yeah, they've been uh, going... A- pretty hard on him i mean it's funny it's a little it's it's a little over the top like it's just Mm -hmm. a it's just a funny botch um i laughed at it and i think jr would laugh at it and he would move on but he said and now we have a camera with the uh, wwe champion kenny omega and Mm -hmm. like i didn't even catch it people had to tell me afterwards i saw people talking about it i was like oh okay i was like the forbidden door's truly been knocked down now (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so Funny stuff. I mean, uh, give Jared. It's it's fine. People say shit. People uh, mm-hmm. people make mistakes all the time. It's live TV, pal. Exactly. Okay. So the the segment had Kenny Omega in. I don't know if they were trying to go with classroom or like a daycare type thing. I think it was a daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we had Kenny Omega in a room full of kids, and at first I was well, still I am like. Should we really have Kenny Omega and Nakazawa and Don Callis and all these people, even though they've been COVID tested, in a room with a bunch of kids? Yeah. I mean, really. <laughs> like, funny segment, but, like, during the pandemic, maybe don't do this. I don't know. Anyways, moving on. So he's reading the Young Bucks book, the uh, Killing the Business, to the kids. He's reading a passage, which is funny. Because he's reading a passage that is putting over himself. And he's reading a passage that is putting over himself saying that he saved New Japan. And he's <laughs> like he's constantly putting himself over all his rivals right now and mm-hmm. his friends, which is really good. And and the kids uh the kids look at the cover and they say are those are two are those two guys in love? And he looks at he's like, you know, it kind of looks like it, doesn't it? Which is funny. That's a running gag. I don't know how the Bucks landed on that photo, but I'm glad that <laughs> yeah. they have the humor enough to make fun of it. Because, mm-hmm. um, like at the baseline, it looks like a porn. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> so so the so. Kenny finishes with the passage and then Don says, actually, Kenny, we got to go. And as they're leaving, their publicist says, hey, you know, we're this was really good. We're actually doing really well with the with the age uh, five to eight demographic, which was mm-hmm. I thought was brilliant. It's very yeah. funny. And then they say, oh, you know what? You can play with Nakazawa. And then they start chanting, no, we hate Nakazawa. And then they start yeah. beating him up and. It was, and then Don says, "Oh, Kenny, we uh, we gotta go. We we can't be associated with this." Which is it's funny because <laughs> yeah, it's like they're trying to uh, preserve his image to keep his uh, star status, <laughs> which I, I thought mm-hmm. was quite funny. Okay, so was then, he, oh, sorry, he just had a suit on this segment, right? Yes, he had. Uh, he wasn't wearing the jacket, but he had like the uh, three piece suit okay. look going because the outfit he has on later. I think the most ridiculous thing he's ever worn so far yet, but <laughs> he's, he's one nothing himself every single time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big swole had a funny tweet about that. Remind me of that as well. Okay. okay. So, Oh, I didn't, sorry. 
now that we're at Santana Ortiz, I talk, I spoke about uh, Ortiz's tweet. Actually, I have mm-hmm. to say it after this match because it involves the end of this match. So, what were your expectations for this one? This was Santana Ortiz versus the Young uh, Bucks. They were pretty high as well because both of these tag teams are mm-hmm. like the top of the top tier tag teams. Mm-hmm. So, I, they were met. I didn't really like the outcome of the match as much as I love the Young Bucks. I didn't like the outcome. Uh, yeah, I had high expectations and they were met because, I mean, both these teams are just so fluid and smooth in the ring. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought this match was amazing. I thought it was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I think these two teams always have fantastic matches. Um, yeah. They've had some of the most underrated matches um, in the company where they were sort of overlooked at the time when they happened at the at the outset on the early going. With, mm-hmm. Within the first year, and uh, now that they're circling back to them, is uh, it's refreshing to see. Um, what I thought was interesting about the about the ending, obviously, spoiler: Santana Ortiz lose, is that they knew how much the fans wanted Santana and Ortiz to win this. Mm-hmm. So I think them losing is on purpose for the express purpose of turning Santana and Ortiz face. I could see that. I think, cause I mean like they had the Bucks parents out there. I was like, Oh, they're for sure losing the Bucks parents are there. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think this is, um, I think this was done on purpose to sort of, it's like when, when you're almost giving that carrot win to that young face talent mm-hmm. and then you pull it away. You're like, Oh, come on. Cause we've been waiting so long for Santana Ortiz to get their shot and they finally yeah. got their shot and it got ripped away from them. And I don't think that's on purpose at all. I think that is all part of the storyline they're telling with the inner circle. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think there are, I think this is the start of a big Santana and Ortiz push. I hope so. Cause they deserve it, man. They're such a good tag team. Mm-hmm. That, well, that's my fantasy booking at least. That's how I'm reading mm-hmm. this, but they they worked incredible. These two teams are very very good. This was the Ensan- this was the Santana Ortiz that people have been clamoring for, which was mm-hmm. just just two bad men. They're just yeah, <laughs> power bomb of the young books. Like I thought they were power on their parents at first, but it was just right by them. It was supposed <laughs> to look like they were for sure, because mm-hmm. obviously the Papa Buck and Mama Buck aren't taking that bump. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh. But yeah, so uh yeah, they were controlling the ring the whole time. They had it like cut right down the middle, either focusing on Matt or Nick in in the pr- proud and powerful corner, not letting them out. Just uh just beautiful tag team work, lots of crisp double teams. Like they look like the absolute well-oiled machine that everyone's been saying they are and that we haven't really seen in aw yet because they've been again held back by the inner circle because of chris jericho that's the story they're telling here um and this is one of those matches you can't really again can't really talk about all the moves they did it was just like bang 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 and like just crazy double teams like proud powerful had that rolling Double team backbreaker combo. I don't even know how to describe it, but it was awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, the the ending. Uh, well, I don't even. 
can't even say the ending sequence. The last third of this match was just double team moves back and forth mm-hmm. by each of the teams. Bucks hit a doomsday device. Um, they're about to hit the BTE trigger. Santana escapes. He hits a assisted rolling cutter where he hits both of the Jacksons mm-hmm. with, with the cutter. I always love that move. Then they hit the street sweeper on the Bucks um, for for a near fall that I th- I think was it Matt Jackson or Nick Jackson. Anyways, it, it was broken up yeah. at like two and three fourths, less less than that even. Yeah. Um, so like everybody thought they won there and then the bucks broke mm-hmm. their heart. So it's the bucks breaking the heart of the Santana or, and Ortiz fans. And they know that they know that mm-hmm. they're crafting this match in that way. And then, so then in their frustration, they pick up, I don't, can't remember again, if it was Matt or Nick and they power bomb them into the crowd. It's supposed to look like they're power bombing them on their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, And then Ortiz is standing on the apron after they do that yelling, we're the best, the best, the best, his thing. He steps into the ring and immediately gets rolled up while he's celebrating, while he's being, while he's gloating, while he's being an inner circle member doing what they do, he gets rolled up. And it was heartbreaking. Like Mm -hmm. everybody, everybody was upset for the heels to lose yeah. they were cheering for the heels because they want them to win they want them to be faces now this face turn is coming i will i think you're right i will put i'll put a hundred bucks on it um and ortiz has the saddest look on his face afterwards like he knows that he fucked up and after uh after this match if you look on twitter Ortiz has a tweet and he says, my arrogance cost us this match. He -hmm. says, I cannot, we cannot be like this anymore. We need to make a change. Like that. So there you go. go. This is the face turn. This is Mm -hmm. the story they're telling. Like, uh, this was all in service of it. So it wasn't like, uh, this wasn't them making the the wrong decision going into the pay-per-view, which I would have loved them to have, to have won and then faced their teammates, it would have, mm-hmm. it would be amazing. But this next match is still going to be great, which is oh, yeah. going to be the Bucks versus Jericho and MJF. And in in a vacuum, no, I don't want MJF and Jericho to win. But if they won and then Santana and Ortiz challenged them as no longer inner circle, yeah, sorry, my mouth did something weird. <laughs> as, <laughs> If they challenge them as no longer inner circle members, but as something else to challenge for that belt after, let's say, the inner circle breaks up, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I love it. No, oh, yeah, that that's what I want. Um, yeah, so I thought I gave this match four point seven five. It was damn near a perfect match for me. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Lots of fun. Are we going to talk about the beatdown afterwards? Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so the uh, yeah so. The the Bucks are getting beat. The the inner circle had been kicked out in the match because mm-hmm. of MJF, which I'm sure was on purpose by on his part, accidentally on yeah. purpose, getting them all kicked out. Um, then they run back in after the match. They're beating down the Bucks, 
and Kenny and the Good Brothers and Don Callis are watching the monitor, and they're like, "Oh, they're they're getting beat up." Um, we sh-. Kenny he kind of wants to go down there. Yeah, he's like, "We gotta go." The Good Brothers don't really care, and Don does not want them to go. He's like, "Well, maybe let's wait this out. Maybe they got it under control." But it's two on what six. Yeah. <laughs> um, After a match too, so it's not like they're in the best shape. And then they cut back to the ring, and Brandon Cutler has run down there in. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very silly looking jacket, but in a new jacket. And uh, he was showing it off on Twitter too. It's kind of cool. So, it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's nerdy, and that's his gimmick. So I like mm-hmm. it. Um, he goes and he just gets put through Destroyed. the put through the rampway by uh, by Hager. With just Hager's just massive looking slam that he does. And that's a match for next week um, on mm-hmm. AW Dynamite. And uh, and then the Bucks get put in submissions, dual submissions from MJF and Jericho setting up their match uh, for for Revolution. And we also, then the, the Good Brothers come out and they're just kind of sauntering to the ring slowly they get in there they don't really want to get physical they're just sort of there to pretend that they're there for the bucks which is weird i wonder if the bucks will look back at the footage and see them not come down we'll see the bucks as i've said have been the naive christian boys throughout this whole storyline um if they haven't caught on to it yet they i don't know if they ever will I think that's just the storyline they're yeah, saying. Yeah, they gotta catch I on think to it. The the only the only the only time they'll show us them catching on to it is when they super kick the Good Brother sets off, or when mm-hmm. they super kick Kenny. It's coming. Yeah. One of those two things is going to happen. They're going to do the uh, yeah we know that you're against. It. They're going to had the had they been building to a blood and guts match. If they were in a blood and guts match, that's when you would see. The young bucks kick the head off Kenny in that mm-hmm. match, but that doesn't look like it's happening, and we'll talk about that later. But yeah, so uh, moving on to a, another strange segment, which was uh, a gender reveal on <laughs> AEW television. This is for partial owner of your own wrestling company. You can yeah, gender this is on uh, national TV too. Cody Rhodes and Brandy. Apparently, Cody didn't know. Um, well, he knew that they were he doing a gender he, reveal, but he says who knows? he didn't know. But he was wearing a pink suit, man. He had to. <sighs> we have seen him in that pink suit before, but yeah, no, he probably <laughs> he probably knew. Yeah, it was it was weird. Um, he comes out with his whole big, like, I don't really want to. I don't want to get into a huge thing about gender reveals. I think they're stupid at the baseline, just because it's not a gender reveal. Like, you don't get to decide, like, (laughs) you don't know what your baby's gender is. Gender is not something you, like, your kid's going to tell you their gender in 10 years Mm -hmm. is what's going to happen. This is a, this is your child's sexual organ reveal is what this is. So it's it's fucking weird. I I could go on for days about gender reveals. I don't like them either. I would ever have another kid. I would just text people like, "Oh, by the way, I'm having a boy or whatever." Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's silly. But like, Cody likes mm-hmm. his pomp and circumstance, his pomp and circumstance, mm-hmm. and uh, he is 
absolutely the type of person to do a gender reveal. This is kind of burying him after what I just said. But we, he, this is this is Cody. Like, of course, he's going to mm-hmm. do a gender reveal. Um, yeah. So, if they could, I'm surprised they didn't like. I don't know. Do it outside, but I'm glad like, they didn't do it outside. I'm glad they didn't do it outside. Yeah, <laughs> they would light something on fire for sure. Mm-hmm. It, it was controlled, but it was funny. He comes out with all his pyro, his usual entrance, and then they just shoot off some pink fireworks. And it was like, yeah. it's a girl. I was like, okay, that's weird. All right, moving yeah. on. And then he was at the uh, at the commentator desk commentator for this next for match, match, which was FTR and the Seidels, which. In my mind, I was just like, "Ooh, is this when he joins FTR for the yeah. for the Horsemen?" But that wasn't to they, be the case. They haven't hinted at that in a long time. I feel if they're going to do it, it's going to involve maybe Brock. I talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Like they have the future Arn Anderson. You can't have the future Arn Anderson's son in your company and not have him be part of that group. Yeah. So I think if they're going to do it, they're going to wait. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we had FTR versus Matt and Mike Seidel, which was very interesting because we have never seen Mike Seidel. He's not signed. I with hadn't the... even heard of Mike Seidel until this match was announced last week. I didn't know he had a brother, to be honest. I had seen a clip of Matt, of Mike Seidel before, not realizing it was him. There mm-hmm. is a CCW clip, I spoke about this last week, where uh, somebody takes a avalanche flipping styles clash mm-hmm. and everyone I remember that, clip. that was him yeah that's him taking it oh, okay um and apparently nuts. apparently mike and matt seidel were both trained in dragon gate together so mike seidel can work baseline okay. just be- yeah he wasn't bad in the ring yeah but I, I just i honestly had no idea he yeah. had a brother i was surprised at how good he was i thought this was maybe them just throwing him a bone doing him a favor but no the guy can work if mm-hmm. if they wanted to give him a contract it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world he wouldn't be the worst person in the company he yeah, he wasn't even sure. the worst person on the show wrestling wise <laughs> i'll just yeah. say that <laughs> on this episode um i'm sure you can do the math um mm-hmm. yeah so this match was uh well sorry what were your expectations did you have any uh i just, i was kind of excited to see what Mike Seidel wrestled like if he was like his brother or not. I was excited to see that because I, like I said, I'd never even heard of this guy. So, and I was like watching FTR wrestle. So I had my expectations were, let's say, like a a medium too. I didn't have too many, but I was excited to see what Mike Seidel could do. So, the answer is yes, he does wrestle like Matt. Um, mm-hmm. Not quite as crisp as Matt, which makes sense because uh, Matt Seidel made a name for himself and Mike Seidel didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I guess they came up through the Indies and then one was just more successful than the other. Um, it was a, yeah. it was a much closer match than I thought. I thought yeah. this match, it played out the way I, I thought it would, but it was still closer. Like they, the Seidel's got a lot more offense in than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a whole bunch of cool, like flippy moves in, including like, Mike Seidel was in the ring more than Matt Seidel. Mm-hmm. And I I knew this was going to happen because I knew FTR was going to try and isolate Mike Seidel. And they did. And they did it repeatedly. They did it for three long stretches. One at the beginning, one in the middle, and one at the end. Um, mm-hmm. 
they would repeatedly go back to that, um, just keeping them in their corner, doing the FTR thing. That's their whole gimmick. Or you can't even call it a gimmick, but that's their strategy. It's the yeah. it's the old school heel work, um, which is kind of their gimmick. But. <laughs> yeah, the like the the side L's were uh, they were up for the task multiple times. Uh, Mike would get the hot tag to to Matt, and the two brothers would do the, their crazy high risk offense, including a Uehara moonsault from Mike on the outside, which was very impressive for mm-hmm. a guy that you've never seen in your life. Um, the sheer intensity of FTR was incredible in this, and it was. I think was paid off in spades by the athleticism of the side elves because mm-hmm. they're just, they would be flipping around very quickly for a bit. And then FTR would just viciously quickly and efficiently just crush them like a wrecking ball. Cash Wheeler yeah. in particular was incredible in this match. He was so fucking fast. Yeah. <laughs> like he's That's a guy so- who like, he would be like a linebacker in, uh, in football, whereas like oh yeah, for sure, like this man, this man can run a hundred yard dash faster than the cruiserweights. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, they won the match in their usual crafty way, which was uh, cash knocking Matt off the top rope, allowing them to uh, isolate Mike for a big rig, and there's the one two three. And it was a it was a very solidly efficiently worked match by FDR. It was uh, what I I always love about them is they they wrestle simple and old school and deliberate, but with such speed and intensity that it's very quick. That it it looks mm-hmm. flashy, but it's not flashy. If that makes sense, like it is just impactful and quick and intense and just like makes your fucking hair stand up on end when you watch them when you watch them face teams like this where they're flipping around and these guys are matching their speed but with spine busters and atomic drops (laughs) and yeah what have you and uh after this match they're about to cut off mike's hair which is the second time they've tried to cut somebody's hair in the past week, the past two weeks and the lights go off and then a video pops up on the, on the screen and it's Luchasaurus's masks with the horns cut off and a silhouette of Luchasaurus behind it. And they're like, Oh, it's Luchasaurus. And the lights come back up and it's Jurassic Express is in the ring. They beat Mm -hmm. down FTR and uh, jungle boy hooks, um, the the snap trap on Dax again, and they're tapping out, and and uh, Cash Wheeler is lying in a spread eagle in the ring, and then they announced afterwards that in is it next week? No, two week time again on, on the third is yeah, it's, they're really hyping the third. Up. Yeah, the third has some big matches. It's going to be a six man tag match, and it's mm-hmm. going to be. Jurassic Express, and this is the match you've been saying they're going to be doing for months now. So <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, "Vindication!" Good, good this. on you for getting this one. It's going <laughs> to be FTR and Tully Blanchard, sixty-seven-year-old <laughs> Tully Blanchard is going to be in the ring, and yep. I can't wait for that because it's going to be a lot of fun. Tully yeah, has fully expect Marco Stunt to get the pin on Tully. That or Tully's going to get the pin on Marco Stunt. Yeah, one of the two. Um, Those two guys are. 
one of them's pinning the other one. We know Marco Stunt is taking that uh, that spike pile driver. One thousand percent, totally off the top rope. It's happening for sure. Um, Tully, uh, we know that Tully can do a little bit of working because mm-hmm. from day one in this company, he took bumps. Yeah, um, he took a bump from from Cody. Cody hit him in one match and dropped him on his back. And uh, yeah, so like Tully looks in good shape. He can work a little bit. He won't work too much. Um, but it'll it'll. I'm really excited for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I can't wait for it. Yeah. So what were so what? How would you grade that one? Uh, I'd give it the match. I'd give it four stars, and then the whole segment overall. I give it four and a half. It was just a lot very of fun. nice. Yeah. Nothing like out of the ordinary or super crazy that you got to go out of your way to watch. Just a good solid segment for everything. Yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was good. Um, Mm -hmm. I maybe I've heard some people were higher on it. I give it, I give it probably maybe a little bit lower than a four, but I thought FTR's work was incredible. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I was pleasantly impressed with Mike Seidel in that one. Okay. Yeah. I I wouldn't complain if they brought him back. (sighs) Okay. So (laughs) next we have. John Moxley on the mic, and this very much was in parallel with Kingston's Three Demons promo earlier in the night. He didn't do the number one, number two, number three, but he still said that, uh, first of all, Eddie Kingston has requested the match. Uh, He said he's got problems with everybody, and everybody keeps whooping his ass. (laughs) He says that Mm -hmm. after all they've been through, he's the only... He's the only person in this company who actually gives a damn about him, um, who actually is his friend. But uh, he's happy to once again whoop his ass as many times as it takes to get that thought into Eddie Kingston's thick skull. So Mm -hmm. that's number one. Number two, he said after tonight, his sights are set to New Japan Strong, where he's going to break Kenta's neck and put him in the ground once and for all. So... That's number two. Very exciting that he even just mentioned New Japan. Because yeah, it's still before, kind of surreal that they're doing that stuff. Before, he was just mentioning the date mm-hmm. without actually mentioning New Japan. But he said NJPW Strong, which is yeah. brilliant. It's the Love it. 26, right? So yeah, two weeks. Week. Or, oh, maybe. I thought he said two weeks. It's not this Friday. It's next Friday. Okay, yes. I guess that's what he means. Two. I think he said two Fridays from now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, then uh, lastly, he says, and he, Kenny, he's coming for you. Your time is coming. You can't get out of the crosshairs. There's no running from this. He said, I've been biding my time, and 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 uh, the time is the time is nigh. So uh, mm-hmm. he's coming for Kenny. We don't know when that is, but uh, it, it's uh, he he never mentioned revolution. Uh, in that yeah. promo, but you're like, okay, it's close, but we have this weird swirling main event scene where everybody is in this together. And I know I and other people on the internet have been like, this is blood and guts. This is blood and guts. This is blood and guts. It doesn't look like that's the case anymore. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it after this next match, which was 
Moxley, Archer, and Phoenix versus Kingston's family. What were your expectations for this one? Uh, I just figured it'd be, you know, another wild, fun brawl. Lots Mm -hmm. of high energy spots like these six dudes could do. And it delivered on that. I had a lot of fun watching this match. Yeah, it was. What about you? It was, uh, it was good. It wasn't for me quite as high as the, um, the previous one. Like last week's was, for me, it was better than this. Incredible. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I think that's to be expected because Kingsta's family, as much as I love them, is not quite Kent, isn't Kenta and, well, yeah. And Kenny, a lot of people aren't and, local, but <laughs> but uh, this match was this match was as expected. It was just an absolute mm-hmm. brawl. It starts out an absolute brawl right from the start. Phoenix didn't even get his samurai mask off. He was just in the ring throwing yeah, that mask was cool, throwing hands and full samurai headgear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, anytime the butcher gets to main event. An AEW show. Exactly. I feel like it's, they haven't wrestled on Dynamite in a long time, the Butcher and the Blade. It's been a bit. They've been mostly just uh, at Kingston's side, running in to do beatdowns mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, so the, for the most part, the faces were largely disorganized in this one, which was picked up on by the commentators. They highlighted this. Um, so they had, they had the star power, but they weren't the well-oiled machine that Kingston's family was. So they... Mm-hmm as we saw by the heels all throughout the show, we're able to isolate the faces in the corner, just quick tags in and out. Um, but of course the stars have the star power and they're able to go one on three against these guys. Um, and they, they would often jump to the forefront with their, just their crazy feats of athleticism. Cause look who we have in this match. We have Archer walking the ropes and hitting dive, hitting diving Dude, cannonballs off the apron. <laughs> we have Phoenix hitting blade with the rolling soba. No hitting. Uh, it was a uh, butcher with a rolling soba that would have mm-hmm. like made sub zero happy. Um, yeah. We've got, we've got him also performing a, a topic on Hilo over like to the outside with his hands behind his back like yeah. with no safety net he's just going head first into the ground if this messes up yeah. just amazing caught so much air and lastly we have uh we have oh and lastly he does the the little eddie guerrero shoulder fay shoulder mm-hmm. shimmy with a picture perfect frog splash to honor the late great eddie guerrero on the anniversary on his anniversary of his death it was his death or yeah. his birthday? Birthday. Birthday. Okay. And actually, it should be shouted out that Santana was wearing Eddie Guerrero boots in yeah. his match as well. And he did he all he did the uh, three amigos yeah. in his match as well. I can And then we have Moxley, who got uh, got his peak offense in when he just faced. He would just continually face off against Kingston in the middle of the ring mm-hmm. and they would just yeah. beat the holy hell of each other with just strikes, just, just smacking the shit out of each other. Um, yeah. You can always tell when wrestlers actually really good friends by how snug everything looks. Yeah. They, they, they have the, the comfortability to just knock the mm-hmm. shit out of each other and they're yeah. not going to get it. They're not going to get upset. Yeah, they're not going to get a receipt for the, tagging you. This isn't Eva Lise versus Rosa. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was weird. I I legitimately loved that match because it looked like a fight. The problem is that it was mm-hmm. a fight. 
<laughs> like that that was a shoot um mm-hmm. it was a great shoot but a shoot nonetheless mm-hmm. anyway so uh so yeah they're they're brawling and this happened multiple times and like straight up moxley just eats a shuriken to the face like the mm-hmm. the spinning back fist yeah he he took that shit he took it and just and just coming. <laughs> he took that shit kicked him in the gut and hit him with a paradigm shift mm-hmm. and that's how the match ended yeah that was like, like a uh a Death Rider paradigm shift too. Like he picked them all the way up and did it. Yeah, loved it. And like mm-hmm. where last week's match was like damn near a five star match. I might have yeah. even given it five stars. I can't remember. This was a four for me. Very yeah, good. Yeah. It was. It was just a lot of fun. Just a wild brawl. It was good, but like uh, like I was more in this for what's coming after this because mm-hmm. we had to get Revolution stuff. Out yeah, of this main event. I think they had teased it, like something about a surprise with Kenny. They they had teased it, a surprise with Kenny. And Kenny did mention the surprise in and his little everyone promo. Everyone was saying that, oh, I hope it's Kota Ibushi. But I was like, don't get your expectations up. No, not a chance. <laughs> um, yeah, so after this match, the Good Brothers run out. They attack Moxley. Kenny's music hits. He comes out and he, just dressed like a weirdo. <laughs> Um, yeah, dressed like an absolute weirdo. Um, my favorite tweet about what he's wearing was Big Swole. She said, Kenny Omega's out there in his Jerusalem fit. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very funny. Um, yeah. She's like, look at that drip. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he's just, he looks like he's at Woodstock. Yeah. His, he's still got those boots. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's wearing, like, long, hippie linen shirt. Yeah. Like, fucking Ed Hardy jeans. Yeah, with, tucked into those boots. He tucked his jeans into the boots. Into his weird, like, shiny snakes. red snakeskin boots. With gold tips. <laughs> yeah, he looks ridiculous. Just but, disgusting. I, mean, I know exactly what he's doing, it, but it's so funny. It's hilarious. And when he took his boot off that one time to... To kill Moxley with it, and yeah, <laughs> John Moxley DDT'd him with one shoe on. Oh, funniest shit I've ever seen. Anywho, Good Brothers are holding John Moxley. Kenny runs in. He's also got a roll. She, uh, uh, fucking papers, a contract mm-hmm. in his hand, like a like a hangman did earlier in the night. Lots of parallels in this show. Yeah. They often like do doubles. In these shows, they parallel each other. The mm-hmm. each other. Wow, I've been drinking too much. I think maybe we'll see. <laughs> um, so uh, he says he's like, I've got a contract in my hand. He didn't say what contract it was. I assume it's the contract from their previous match because he's like, I've got a contract which you managed to sneak a rematch clause into, which he had to mention because they don't do rematch clauses mm-hmm. in AEW. Yeah. So he's like, he's like. Which is a rematch clause. He's like, Tony Khan gave this to me as a gift. He's like, so there's the gift, which mm-hmm. some people missed, including myself, until I had to watch I had to watch it again to catch it. I missed it until you said it just now. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. so he said, Tony Khan gave me this gift and he said, uh he said I could choose the uh I could choose the stipulation. So I've heard you talk about how you're gonna break people's necks and how you're gonna put them in the ground. And I know I can't just wrestle you. Because you won't go away. You'll never stop. I know who you are. So we are going to have an exploding barbed exploding wire death barbed match. Wire death match. And 
what the fuck? Oh, man. You sh- I wish they could have recorded my face whenever that happened because I was so happy. <laughs> it's like, I haven't seen a match like that in years. <laughs> and I was just sitting there going, and we're going to have a Blood and Guts match? And he's like, yeah. no. We're going to have a one I was like, okay, fine. But uh, I was like, Exploding Barbed Wire Deathmatch. The- and to this-, to this point, I mean, I had seen clips of it, obviously of these matches but mm-hmm. for the most i've most barbed wire death matches i've seen are in fire pro wrestling um yeah <laughs> they have that match in that game right down to the counter so how those match and what i how i believe they're going to do this match is the old school version that they used to have in japan which is mm-hmm. it's the the ropes are barbed wire and they have some type of wiring in them so that if you hit them, there's like explosions that happen. Mm -hmm. Big sparks happen and there's explosions and it singes the guy and they get cut up. Um, There's no light tubes. And so don't think there's going to be any light tubes. in this. when I say deathmatch, it's not like a a modern style of deathmatch. And plus I don't think a major promotion is going to ever use light tubes. They're not going to do that. So unless they really just wanted to please probably just me. They would use light tubes, but yeah, <laughs> I don't think Kenny Omega would want to use light tubes. Think the matches that Terry Funk used to have, um, mm-hmm. that Mick Otami, McFoley, yeah. Mike um, Awesome, all those guys, Tanaka, mm-hmm. all those guys used to have, which is like a early ECW, late. What's the promotion that used to do it in Japan? FMW. FMW. What did that stand for? Frontier Martial Arts. What an interesting name. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I, they have um, long two-hour compilations of those matches online if you want to watch them. I was watching them before we were recording this. They mm-hmm. are pretty cool. It is essentially – it's pretty much just old ECW because it's like old ECW guys going to Japan and yeah. wrestling uh, yeah. Japanese legends, and it's so cool. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, they're, they're good wrestling matches. They just happen to have barbed wire for the for the uh, for the ropes. And eventually, a timer will come up on the bottom. It'll be a five minute timer, and it's clicking down, and it's loud. It's going beep beep beep, and the fans are getting crazy. And at the end, if the timer hits bottom, the ring just explodes. <laughs> and uh, you know, the, I we were talking about this, and I was like, you think they'll do it on water, like the couple of them were. I think they might just do it in the middle of the Jacksonville Jaguars field. Like they'll just be a ring out there. Uh, I think I think they do it in Daly's place. Hmm. I don't think they do it on the field because they think they want to do it in front of fans. Yeah, that makes sense. yeah. But uh, like it has to go on last because they're going to destroy the ring. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, the ring's going to blow up. Then. I don't know if the ring will blow up because I think they want a winner. Mm-hmm. Although the blowing up of the ring is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just thinking of what Kenny Omega can do with the, you know, he's going to do a, his Terminator dive over top of the barbed wire. You mm-hmm. know, he's going to do that. And it's going to be, maybe so, they'll do, it's going to be so fucking cool. <laughs> maybe at the very end, they'll wait. And then as the ring explodes, he does the dive out of the ring, like an action movie. Yeah. Maybe that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, that, but you'd have to like. I mean, that would have to be perfect timing. Like that's. <laughs> I mean, they set this up really nicely with Moxley continually using the barbed wire bat. Mm-hmm. 
Very nice. I don't think the barbed wire bat will come into play unless he manages to get outside the ring and pulls it yeah. out from under the ring and then maybe Kenny does his dive. There's going to be mm-hmm. some stuff happening outside the ring. I think the problem is that in order to get back in the ring, you have to go underneath the barbed wire again. Yeah, and that's tricky. It is. Um, we know that they use safe barbed wire because they did before and they talked about how that barbed wire can't really cut you. You will get yeah. like some nicks and scratches, but it's not like the... It won't be bad. It won't be razor wire or some shit. Like no, that. they don't use that shit. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, they did that, their first like big hardcore match, they did that one-winged angel off into that pit of barbed wire, didn't they? They did. They did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so this is uh this is cool. And mm-hmm. I should say that uh after this Kenny or Moxley headbutts Kenny while he's being held up by that was the a legit headbutt the, too. Just no, Kenny's he he cut he broke Kenny open. Yeah. <laughs> so Kenny hits him with two V triggers to end it mm-hmm. and then they're posing over top of him uh, and it's uh it's cool. It's uh like the thing was they had to go to a level of violence that had to get higher than the the matches they've had the past mm-hmm. month. And they couldn't do that without doing anything crazy. And I said last week, it's like, it's going to be blood and guts or something else wild. Like, yep. and this is wild. Like we, like we haven't seen, and this is something we have not seen. Yeah. If you've never seen these types of matches, just type in FMW, just exploding match. And just the visual of these matches are so cool. Like just, yeah. Okay, so because all right, so the matches for next week, I have I'm gonna pull it up on my phone because I actually don't. We had to look this up right before the show because we couldn't figure it out. Yeah, so Mike's got them on his phone. They don't have them. So we... <laughs> they don't have them posted anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah, I typed in dynamite for next week and it nothing. It gave me ticket information if I wanted to go to the show. But yeah, they they it's a little too far for me. They showed matches for three weeks. Last week, yeah, they show they had matches for next week, the week after, and Revolution. So mm-hmm. there's, it's uh, not surprising that nobody had next week's matches up because there's a lot happening. So we have Hangman versus Isaiah versus Isaiah Cassidy, which is from uh, this week's interaction. Mm-hmm. That'll be cool. Um, that'll give more story to head into the Matt Hardy versus Hangman Page match at the pay-per-view. Then we have Ricky Starks and Brian Cage versus the Varsity Blondes. Very excited for that match. I love the... Yeah, uh, it's going to be good. I love the Varsity Blondes, and I really just want to watch Ricky Starks and Brian Cage get back in there, especially after yeah. what they did to Cage. <laughs> or after what they yeah. did to Steve. To Steve, yeah. Um, then we have Jake Hager versus Brandon Cutler. Uh... Okay. That's going to be a squash. It, it'll be a squash, but I like Brandon Cutler, so I'm happy for him. And we I bet will the also come out with him. Mm-hmm. And on Monday, it should be said that we have the second two first round matches in the U.S. bracket. It's too bad yeah. they're not going to be on TV. That kind of sucks. But they're going to have them yeah. on YouTube. And they're going to have the second round of the. Um, Japanese bracket, so that's going to be two matches as well. Mm-hmm. Dang, they're not even going to have Britt Baker on Dynamite. Exactly. Yeah, weird. it's crazy that they're uh, that Briss the Briss Breaker, Jesus, <laughs> that Britt Baker's match is going to be on YouTube. But mm-hmm. uh, maybe they're hoping her star power will 
star power will bring more people over to the... But for AEW next week, they have the winner of those two matches uh, facing each other. So it will be Britt Baker or Anna Jay versus Tay Conti or Nyla Rose. Oh, so okay. we do have the second round match, that second round match next week. So what happened is they just should have started this tournament earlier. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of things going on. Maybe they couldn't do it earlier because they had to uh, film all the Set Japanese matches and everything. Yeah. But ideally, you start this earlier so that you're not burying two matches on YouTube. It's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, it seems like the tournament's been going well so far. Yes. Everyone has been really liking I'm it. I'm loving it. So, yeah, me too. So hopefully, next year, they can plan it out better, like... Yeah, weeks and do a couple shows per week, so or a couple matches on Dynamite per week, so you don't have to rush everything. Yeah, make a work back schedule. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and then we have that FTR match with Tully in in two weeks, and there's another match that's in mm-hmm. two weeks, but we'll get to that one next week. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about these Revolution matches that we have announced so far. So we have that. Street fight with Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Steve, and mm-hmm. Darby Allen. And that looks fantastic now. I'm very excited for that match. I don't know what shape yeah, Sting I don't know what shape Steve is in, but uh we will I like that you're just calling him Steve. Yeah, I'm just calling him Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for that. One match I didn't talk about. They did announce this while Cody was on commentary. They are doing a Face of the Revolution ladder match, which is actually going to be six people in the match. They've only announced three people for oh, it right now. Okay. It's, um, that makes a lot of sense because I was like, I like these three guys, but this is a random three dudes yeah, they put in a match. It's <laughs> Pentagon, uh, Cody Rhodes, Scorpio Sky. And I saw online somebody mentioned, this was just on Reddit, that these three guys are all in factions. So I kind of expect three more guys in factions. So okay. I'm thinking potentially maybe Will Hobbs. Um, I'm thinking Silver, Sammy Guevara, and Wardlow or Hager. Yeah. Maybe Hager because Hager's got that match next week. I can see that. Um, in fact, I think I'm probably going to put my money on Hager. Because I think Silver would be good. Will Hobbs would be my hope, excellent. My hope would be Silver, Sammy, and Hager. <laughs> that would be really cool well, to have yeah. all those guys in it. Anyways, that match will be fun. Cody's not winning that, obviously. I and hope not. Because <laughs> the winner of this gets a shot at the TNT title. So mm-hmm. I would hope it's I would hope it's Sammy wins. That would be really cool. I think that would just make yeah. sense. I like to see uh, Scorpio Sky win just because Scorpio Sky. Yeah, and he'd be good for a title run, Pentagon too. Like, any of these guys could win, other than Cody. Cody's going to be putting some people over. It's going to be good. I hope so. And he knows how to do multi-man ladder matches. Mm-hmm. He's had some greats. Okay, so then we have Matt Hardy versus Hangman Page in the Big Money match. Fantastic. Big, big Money Matt. I, know, I don't know if you noticed, but as soon as they started working with Impact, they stopped calling him... Uh, the elitist Matt and yeah, he's back to big money man now. Yeah, because that is owned by Impact. Yeah, they can use it. 
Yeah, so they got the rights to that. So uh, nobody's really talked about how now all of a sudden they're calling him Big Money Matt. So I like that. Yeah, I, I noticed it on his Tron this week. It's like, oh, they're using Big Money Matt. Yep. That was That's cool. As soon as they started working with Impact, that happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we have the Young Bucks now officially with Chris Jericho and MJF. And I don't know how that one's going down. The Young Bucks title reign has been a little boring. I I tend to think Young Bucks are losing this match. Probably a lot to do with the Good Brothers. Mm -hmm. And then I think they face the Good Brothers for the Impact titles. Yeah, at some point that. on Dynamite. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I think Chris Jericho and MJF win the titles and then Santana and Ortiz take the titles off Chris Jericho and MJF. That's how I'm fantasy booking cool. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this yeah, is... maybe like... I don't want to get into fantasy booking, never mind. I got to no, no, explain no. more it's a... before I say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tough to fantasy book because I, w- mm-hmm. I fantasy book myself right into a Blood and Guts match. So, which I still I still think is coming, and I oh I think so. I still think that we are seeing the the makings of it with Archer, who again isn't in Revolution. Pack, who's not in Revolution. Eddie Kingston, mm-hmm. who's not in Revolution. Phoenix, who's not. I mean, Pack would be good for that ladder match. He would be, but I think he's above the TNT title. He is, but. I th- and you don't want to put him in there if he's not going to win. So. Exactly. I think if he's if he's in it, he has to win. Mm-hmm. So I think you don't put him in it. I think this is essentially the um, money in the bank type thing. Yeah. Where you are elevating some guys who are on the mid card yeah. to jump up there to get a title shot. Yeah, and you have like one or two main adventures in there just to give it some legitimacy. Mm-hmm. It would be cool to see some Team Taz in there. That's why I think maybe Will Hobbs. But I, yeah, I Will Hobbs I, would be. I, te- I tend to think that he doesn't quite have the agility for a match like that. You could do those power dudes. Like he could. Throw people off ladders and stuff. I mean, the this is the only good match I ever saw him in. But Lars Sullivan was in a very good ladder match <laughs> in, in NXT. Um, and that yeah, match only good match. <laughs> He's great in that match. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that that match was fantastic. That was uh, one of that's one of the only NXT matches I can really remember. Yeah, that match was nuts. That NXT ladder that was great. But I think Will Hobbs could be, you know like have him push ladders over. Catch oh, for sure, for sure. I just think uh, it tends to uh, if you, if you're going to do a big man. The mm-hmm. uh, Wardlow would be that that type of guy, a guy who can do some big moves off of a ladder as well. Mm-hmm. And also, I just like the idea of having Sammy against another inner circle guy, and it has to be, it could be Wardlow. But I think yeah. it works better with... It'd be funnier if it's Sammy Hager. It, it's funny. Again, exactly. It's funnier if it's Sammy Hager. And with Hager, with Hager having that match next week, I think that's helping set him up for the ladder match. Mm-hmm. Personally, Miro would also be cool if they don't. They gotta, if they don't do Miro do, versus Orange Cassidy, yeah, have Miro in it, have him win it, have him win the TNT title, have him destroy people. Yeah, no, I think Miro would be. I think the one of two people are going to take the TNT title, and it's going to be Brian Cage or Miro. Mm-hmm. They're going. Either one of those two guys is going to destroy Darby Allen and take the title. 
Drop some notes. All right. So I think that is, I think that's it for this week. This has been a long one. Um, We had a lot to talk about. Yeah, it was. I I knew this was going to be a long one. It was almost uh, like an episode and a half. Yeah. It wasn't as long as our last week's episode, though. That one was long. This was two and a half hours. Wasn't last week's 240? Was it really? I I think so. (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't think it was that long. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got to go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. See you next week, guys. You guys take it easy.